Stan calls him a bitch, and he's like, he's like, give me my ball back, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> they should have cast you. They right? should have cast you. <laughs> Hello, 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 hello. We're back, baby. I know. I can't believe we're covering a movie that was released in theaters in a wide release <laughs> by a major motion picture company. Crazy. Wow. I feel like I'm in the 1920s and I'm like, what is this moving picture? <laughs> we're back at the talkies. Um, yeah. yeah, we are super excited to be back to business we're very happy that sag has made a deal that they're happy with that actors are you know going to be treated better moving forward Mm -hmm. and uh yeah we want to come back with a banger yeah and we were like what could possibly what's something universal that could really like hit it out of the park and we were like oh zach efron yeah (laughs) matthew perry leslie mann michelle trachtenberg clear eyes Full hearts, can't lose. <laughs> what what could be a better combination than a little a little taste of that delicious teen fantasy movie where someone transforms or switches bodies? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So without further ado, today we are doing 2009-17 again. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. Uh, we've had this movie on our list forever. We had initially been planning on covering it in Back to School September. So, you know, we had to put it right at the top of our schedule. I love this movie. I've always loved this movie ever since it came out. And we've talked about this in previous episodes, how there's like a Zac Efron for every type. And him in this movie was mine for sure. Really? This yeah. is your okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know what mine is, but I really do like him in this movie. We were talking about this off mic, but like the chemistry he has with Leslie Mann is <laughs> unreal, ridiculous <laughs> to say the least. Mm-hmm. I like tell me why I was like rooting for them. I was like, I think this is like actually mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. how it should end. Um, but yeah. I think he just has such a charming way about him. And Mm -hmm. even in his, I like loved his travel show because it was so like silly. (laughs) He's just like a sweet, sweet guy. And I have so many opinions about this, but basically he is just, he seems like a very genuine person. Yeah. Very down to earth and sweet. Yeah. And if he's not, you know what? I don't want to hear about it. (laughs) I don't want to know. I want to live. Don't fucking tell me. Yeah. I want to live in my delusions, but yes. before we get too far into it, should we talk about the numbers? Yeah, I'll, I'll rattle them off to you. I didn't expect this, not because I don't think the movie is good, but it doesn't have a ton of critical acclaim. It did open number one in the box office that weekend. Granted, it was going up against like uh, Russell Crowe. It's going mm-hmm. up like against a Russell Crowe movie and some other films I've never seen before, but... Basically, the budget was $40 million. It made $139.5 million in the box office. And 70% of the audience consisted of young females. So they really showed up for this one. The girlies, we show up, we show out, and yeah. um, keep the economy going. Yeah, I do remember like 
going to see this with my friends when I came out. Really? In 2009. Yeah. I think I might have the DVD. Fresh off the heels of High School Musical and Hairspray, yeah. I was like, there's a Zac Efron movie in theaters. I'm there. No, absolutely. I mean, it's crazy because I was looking at all of the films he's done and I was like, hmm, like what Zac Efron movie do I really like? Like what are my top three? And I was like, he has been in so many movies, mm-hmm. so many. The man is working. Yeah, booked and busy. And he has a new movie coming out this year, uh, The Iron Claw, also with Jeremy Allen White from The Bear. Right. I have a feeling this may be a big moment for Mr. Efron. I think this may have people start to take him a little more seriously because he's a very talented actor. Like, I don't think he gets enough he credit is. for how good he is, especially in this movie. He's really good in this. Like, absolutely. Genuinely. I feel like he doesn't get enough credit because the movies themselves are usually like more on the comedic side or like a rom-com or like a teen movie. But he nails it like the man knows what's going on in the script like he's like tapping in he's really connected with his scene partners i like watching it yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna watch this movie again maybe this week (laughs) absolutely couldn't agree more um of course beyond zach efron we also have matthew perry in this movie who yes as you surely know recently passed away uh matthew perry was an incredible incredible actor who's you know work really touched like millions of people across the world i mean friends left such a big legacy um but what was most important to him was leaving behind a legacy of persevering through addiction um that was right. something he was really dedicated to he also set up the matthew perry foundation to help people who are struggling with addiction yeah it was definitely very bittersweet to see him in this movie again right yeah yeah but like you said like he had such a wide legacy beyond the screen and mm-hmm. we can appreciate what he did do while he was alive even though his life was cut short early mm-hmm. um and you mentioned that Zac Efron had a really like heartfelt post that he made upon Matthew Perry's passing um i don't it wasn't a post it was he was like on a red carpet he was being interviewed okay, and cool. um they mentioned that uh Matthew Perry had actually written not sort of like a biopic but he'd written a script kind of about his life and things he had gone through mm-hmm. and he had Zac Efron in mind to play his younger self oh that's awesome but it just never came to fruition um mm-hmm. so when asked about it Zac said that it would be like a great honor for him to play Matthew in a biopic, like that's something that he would be really honored to do. And um, in talking about Matthew, he said, he was a mentor to me and we made a really cool film together. I looked up to him. I learned comedic timing from that guy. I mean, when we were filming 17 again, it was so surreal for me to look across and have him be there because I learned so much from him from his whole life. So that was like really sweet to, to see him, um, just kind of talk about their experience working together because even though they obviously mm-hmm. didn't film any scenes together, uh, they actually worked together quite a bit through the process in rehearsal. So Matthew Perry would actually like act out a lot of the scenes so that Zach could kind of watch it and get an idea of how he would play it because they are playing the same character. And like Matthew Perry had such a distinct kind of style and cadence to him 
yeah, they they would work together a lot. There was also like an anecdote that Matthew Perry said in an interview where he was at this Christmas party, hanging out with some friends, and then he got a phone call from Zac Efron from the set because he was like filming a scene with Leslie Mann. It was like, hey, I have to say this one line. Like, how would you say it? So Matthew said the line, and then a year later, he's watching the movie, and like that exact delivery comes out of Zac Efron's mouth. So I thought that very was pretty cool. cool. I do think he does like a very good job of kind of capturing Matthew's essence without it feeling like an impersonation. I agree, yeah. And I think probably this spirit, like experience made him a much better actor, <laughs> kind of like learning from somebody like that. Mm-hmm. So it was great to like go back and rewatch it. Yeah, especially because he was doing – I mean, this is also a teen movie, but he does have a lot of scenes with people who are older than him and mm-hmm. more seasoned actors. And so – he also really gets to show more of a gravitas, I would say, like acting alongside like mm-hmm. Leslie Mann, who's been in a ton of things and like has been acting for ages. So, yeah, I don't yeah. know. He was also only 21 at the time. And that's like not an easy thing to do to like play somebody that much older than yourself at that age. But. It worked for me. Yeah, no, it didn't feel put on at any point or like corny, especially during the points where he's like in class and he's like, you should respect yourselves. Like you don't need to. Mm -hmm. It didn't feel like I was being lectured. It felt like it was like a dad being like, yeah, I need you to like hear what I'm saying right now and like protect his kid. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could have been a fly on the wall. To see mm-hmm. how this movie was made because it seems like it had a really big impact on Zac Efron and like his career um, and the experience to act alongside Matthew Perry. So, yeah, definitely. Well, before we dive all the way into it, we just want to remind you that out now this month on Patreon is our Princess Bride episode. We had maybe too much fun recording that one. Uh, <laughs> Did we invent a drinking game during it? Absolutely, we did. So if you want to hear that episode, it is over on our Patreon. We have the link in bio and as well as in the show notes. So feel free to go and check it out. Yeah. And don't forget to vote for next month's Mm -hmm. Patreon bonus episode as well. Um, We have noticed that not everyone who is on the Patreon is voting, which is cool if you don't want to. But if you do want to, just make sure you check the Patreon page, and that is where you can cast your vote. Absolutely. And with that being said, should we... Let's jump off the bridge and into the whirlpool. Absolutely. So we open up. It's 1989. Welcome to New York. Am I right? So that means that Mike O'Donnell is the same age as Taylor Swift. Oh, no, not the same age. He's – no, Maggie O'Donnell <laughs> Maggie is, the is the same, same age, age as Taylor, as Taylor Swift. Um, I, did I just say Taylor O. Swift? Anyways. <laughs> her, her government name, Taylor right. O. Swift. Taylor o. Swift. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And already we have some hair. We have the hair on Zac Efron. <laughs> it's giving 80s. Mm-hmm. Um what do they dance to? It's like a salt and pepper song or something. Oh, push it? 
Oh, push it. Isn't that a little more? That might be a little more 90s. Is it? I I mean, it's the late 80s. Oh, 1987. There you go. Right on the money. There we are. And that's just our introduction. Mm -hmm. Um, Because as we know, Zac Efron is constantly and indelibly a college ball bound teenager (laughs) at five foot seven (laughs) uh literally not a single i mean i think the i can't remember there's a point guard who's like the shortest nba player ever but like every time i see one tree hill or Mm -hmm. high school musical i'm like you guys would never be in the nba (laughs) like i'm sorry but you're not the body type so but Zach Efron is just shooting hoops, getting ready for the big game on the court when his coach um, comes over and he tells him to save some for the game. And he's like, I'm just warming up. And the coach, classic coach, the scout is coming tonight. Mm, classic. And if you play your little <laughs> cards right, you're a shoo for the big scholarship to- At the unnamed college. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> To Florida State University, Mm -hmm. uh, Miami. (laughs) Ohio. Yeah. Alabama, Albuquerque. And like if you were going to like just find – like I think Indiana is like a great college ball school. Like this isn't hard to do to figure (laughs) out. But I digress. And the team then gathers up for their yearbook photo, which apparently they're taking right before the big game. I'm like none of this makes sense, but okay. yeah. But – Mike is like, we have to wait for Ned. And a jerk on the team is like, who cares? Just the water boy. Then Ned explodes into the room. Full D&D garb on. He has a cape. And he was like, I'm sorry. I was like the dungeon master. And everyone's making fun of him. But Mike is actually like a decent guy, mm-hmm. which we find out through the film. But even in high school when he was 17, he wasn't a jerk. He wasn't a bully. He was a genuine person. Um, which endeared me from the beginning. Yeah. And he pulls Ned aside and is like, hey, I'm your best friend and I'm always going to have your back. But like there's only so much I can do when you show up in a dress. So they all gather for the picture. And at the last second, as they're taking the photo, a jerk on the team, like I think maybe picks up Ned or gives him like a huge wedgie and Ned yeah. like screams and he's flailing in the photo. And then we go, bust it. And I'm like, if Will Schuster pops out of here, I'm going to freak out. I'm going to freak out. I'm out. so traumatized by that man that every time I hear the song, I'm like, oh. Jump scare. No, William Schuster. But yes, we hear bust it. We go straight to the game. The cheerleaders are doing their routine. Mike, being the cool guy that he is, joins the routine. Like, he knows all the dance moves. So I'm like, he's cool with the nerds. He's down with the girlies. He's not afraid to, you know, bust a move. They were like, Zach Efron, can you uh, pick up some choreography? And he said, absolutely. uh, Get me in the studio. (laughs) He said, "Mm, mm, mm-mm-mm. A five, six, That's seven, eight. Can we get the iconic choreographer, Mr. Um, Kenny Ortega? <laughs> Kenny Ortega to come in just for this one yeah. little 30 second clip. Just for a moment. But yeah, he dances with the cheerleaders. He also gets his own little solo and he ends the performance by literally ripping off his pants and striking a pose. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, boys were not like that when I was in high school. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> 
Where did you come from? And not only that, but he's like a committed king because guess who is standing at the side of the gym but his beautiful girlfriend Scarlet doing a shy little wave and he runs over and picks her up and twirls her around and he's like, oh man, Scar, like this scout thing has me wicked nervous. I feel like my whole future is riding on this game. And she's like, yeah, you know how you feel. And he obviously notices that like something's up. She just tries to brush it off and he heads back to the to the court, but he does this cute little like pretends to like blow a kiss and like toss it as if he's like throwing it in the basket. But she just kind of like is off. Like clearly something's off with her. Yeah. So he asks what's wrong because he's a concerned, respectful king. And she's like, you know what? We'll talk about it later. Like, this is your big night. And he's like, yeah, but I can't enjoy it unless you tell me what's going on. So then the camera zooms out and we see Scarlett telling Mike something. And Mike's whole world goes like blurry. He is in total shock. He stumbles away and puts his face in his hands very dramatically. And we see there's like, you know, the the corners of the screen are going black. Mm-hmm. So the game has now begun. Mike has the ball and he just like sees all the people in the crowd. Everyone's yelling at him to pass. The scout is looking at him like, what the fuck are you doing? He is choking. He looks over at Scarlet. She looks at him before she leaves the gym. And what does Mike do? He drops the ball walks off That's the court crazy to me. <laughs> and goes after her. So he catches up with her in this hallway. And I love, love, love the way that this whole scene is filmed and lit where the only lighting is coming from the door that's behind them. So it's like mostly their silhouette that we see. Um, and it's just this like very sparse, like long hallway. I think it looks really cool. Um, but he stops her. She's like, what are you doing? And he says, no, 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 we're in this together. And I was like, oh my God, what? We're all in this together? (laughs) We're all in this together? And she says, what are you doing? That game is your future. But he says, the baby is my future. You're my future. Oh my goodness. And she says, no, I can't let you throw all of this away. And she tries to leave. But Mike stops her by like kind of putting his hand against the wall and kissing her. And I was like, Oh, my goodness. (laughs) My note literally says, oh, my God, Zac Efron, the man that you are. And he gives her, like, the most, like, deep, passionate kiss that shook me a little bit. He picks her (laughs) up and twirls her around in a circle. Wow. So romantic, my God. (laughs) I know. He's the dream teen dad and Mm -hmm. short-lived, unfortunately. (laughs) Right. Well, he's no longer a teen dad, so... Yeah. Turns out he's a bad adult dad. Yes. But and husband. So we cut to <laughs> 2009, you know, present day 2009, and Mike O'Donnell is now played by the late great Matthew Perry, and Mike is staying with his still best friend Ned Gold from Waterboy fame, and he is now like an incredibly wealthy I don't really know what he does. Like, it's, I don't think it's mentioned. He's like a programmer. He says that he okay. both, he invented both the software that stops people oh. from stealing music and the one yeah. that helps people steal music. So, right. I'm assuming he's a programmer, coder, mm-hmm. 
kind of yeah he's dude. like i invented itunes and napster <laughs> <laughs> exactly so sure yeah but they eat breakfast together and we find out that scarlet has kicked him out of the house his kids want nothing to do with him he's in a divorce um the the proceedings are you know about to occur mm-hmm. but He's getting a big promotion today. And Mike is like, yes, you know, today everything is going to turn around for me. So Mike heads out and Ned says, I love you. And Mike says nothing. Wow. Where did our kind hearted, caring, respectful king go? Mm-hmm. Hardened by life. By life. Yeah. And I'm like. Don't I know it's Relatable. <laughs> So Mike goes to work at Wyatt Pharmaceuticals where they sell like uh, erectile dysfunction drugs. He is the only man on the sales team except for his boss. And when it comes time to announce the regional sales manager, boss man says that he's been in the pharma game for almost two years now. Wow. (laughs) And people always ask him what it takes to be an RSM. He says it takes leadership, courage, (laughs) integrity, but most importantly, dedication to this company. So congratulations, Mike. If you could slide to your left. So I congratulate our new RSM, Wendy. Whoa. OMG. Oh, my God. The old switcheroo. (laughs) Like you mentioned, it's basically all women except for this guy. And it's (laughs) – I don't know if this is like – a direct reference to the fact that like tech is like starting to boom and so it's like all new young people in positions that used to be like people would work there for like 20 years 30 mm. years and like then retire from the company but it's literally like a room of 24 year olds yeah so. i just assumed that the insinuation was that like the boss only hires young attractive women or i guess that he stayed in this position for way, way too, too long. long yes yeah Absolutely. So all the ladies are super excited for Wendy. After the meeting, Mike goes up to his boss, who also, I guess, is his cousin. So we're assuming that, like, Mike got this job right out of high school because it's his uncle's mm-hmm. company, probably. And he's like, hey, bro, um, Wendy has been here for two months. I've been here for 16 years. Wow. I have the best numbers on the team. Uh, why am I not the RSM? And his boss says, you know what? Think of it as a compliment. You are just too valuable to promote. And Mike is about to tear this little toddler a new one when he (laughs) answers a phone call. So Mike then takes the little Bluetooth speaker headset thing out of his ear and smashes it against the wall. So not a great day. Not No, everything is not turning around. So then Mike drives over to Hayden High to pick up his kids, and while he waits for the day to end, he decides to walk into the gym, and he sees one lone basketball on the court. So he picks it up, and he reminisces and hears the echoes of the crowd cheering for him. And in the hallway, he actually looks at his old varsity picture in the trophy case when a janitor comes Mm. up to him who knows him by name? What? Creepy. Exactly. 
So the janitor recognizes that he came back here to reminisce and he's like, oh, you were a high school star who never lived up to your full potential. And now you're here looking at a picture from your glory days, wondering what might have been. And Mike says, of course, he wants to live in the past. It was better there. And I'm like, if you keep focusing on the past, Mm -hmm. you're never going to improve your present. Mm Mm-hmm. And the Chander's like, oh, I bet you wish you could do it all over again. And Mike is like, yeah, yeah, I do. (laughs) And he's like, are you sure? And he's like, I am 100% sure. (laughs) So the bell rings and Mike's daughter, Maggie, played by Michelle Trachtenberg, Miss Ice Princess, comes out of class with her gal pals who are all, like, insanely attracted to her father. Yeah. It's crazy. I was, like, (laughs) interesting to put that in, but it kind of comes into play later. Mm -hmm. And he tells Maggie he got off work early, and he thought they could go out for some ice cream. Maggie, it's like hearing nails on a chalkboard. She's like, my father wants to spend time with me. (laughs) And... (laughs) He's just like, go get your brother. Yeah. So Mike takes Maggie and his son Alex to this children's ice cream shop. It's like every kid in there is seven and below. It's like a Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, but for just ice cream. (laughs) And Mike is like, Maggie, what's wrong? Like, this used to be your favorite place. We would come here for all your birthdays. And she's like, yeah, when I was eight. So she then puts in some headphones and starts bopping around to her music. Mike then turns to Alex, who is playing on his PSP, and he's like, so, Alex, basketball season's coming up. You've been practicing. You've been working on your your passing. And Alex is like, yeah, 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 it's all good. And Mike says, well, good isn't going to get you a scholarship. It's not how big you are. It's how big you play. Again, clearly a pretty strained, forced relationship between Mike and both of his children. Yeah, and also very much living vicariously through his son, Mm -hmm. who doesn't seem as interested in becoming an NBA player. Yes. Also, not tall enough, once again. (laughs) None of them are. None of them are. So to get the heat off of him, Alex then spills the beans that Maggie got into Georgetown. So Mike tries to congratulate her, but she's just, you know bop into the music on her headphones which we learn is plugged into nothing i'm like if you have the headphones why would you not just plug it into something i think it's like more scathing that she's not listening to anything yeah she'd rather pretend to not be listening than actually not listen yeah yeah so mike drops off his kids at home they immediately like go into the house without a word then he goes into the backyard to see scarlet played by leslie mann throwing just a bunch of Mike's stuff into a wood chipper. And he asks why she's destroying their yard, and she's like, it's my yard, remember? You took the road not taken, and I get the yard. And she's decided she wants to turn it into a showpiece for her clients because she wants to become a landscape designer. And I feel like we never get any answers because every movie I've ever seen, it's like, they live in a beautiful house, mm-hmm. and but they have shitty jobs. And I'm like, what's what's up here? Yeah, I don't. We don't know exactly like what because I assume that Leslie Mann had a job before this, right? Or unless she was just a stay at home mom, I'm not sure. But 
yeah, she has now made a career change. I will say, like, it isn't quite as egregious as I've seen in other movies where they live in, like, oh, legitimate yeah. mansions. Like, this house does look a little more normal. It is a very mm-hmm. big yard, though, because she's able to put a full-ass pond in there later on. <laughs> it looks great, but mm-hmm. it's also the yard is fully, like, landscaped. Like, there's no free yeah. space. Yeah. You're not going to put a volleyball net back there, okay? Mm-hmm. But... Mike says the divorce isn't final for another two weeks, so she has no right. And Scarlett says she had to spend 18 years listening to him whine about all the things he could have done without her. So she has no right? Question mark. Mm-hmm. And Mike is like, I put a lot of work into this yard. And she's like, oh, like this unfinished hammock? Or how about this barbecue pit that you complained about? And we're like... If I had gone to college, I could have paid someone to do it for me. So it's very clear that he has never been able to cope with the fact that he didn't go to college. He didn't get a scholarship. And he's also made it like very – he's been very vocal about it. Yeah. It is a kind of difficult – this like kind of opening scene because it it does feel very whiplashy to go so far from – the different end of the spectrum with Mike's character. When we see him in high school, he's this like very charming, effervescent, very caring guy. Like we see Mm -hmm. that he's not like a selfish individual and like loves his girlfriend so much. And then see him go to being as bitter and resentful as he is, especially in some of the stuff that he says to her in this scene is like very, very harsh to say to anyone, let alone like your wife, the mother of your children. So, I do have – I think that they went maybe, like, a little too far. I agree. I think it was too caricature-y. Yeah. They were like, we only have this much, like, time in the movie to show how fucked up he is. We got to, like, hit him hard. Mm -hmm. And so Mike is like, Scarlett, like, look at things from my point of view. I'm extremely disappointed with my life. Yeah, like, saying that to (laughs) the woman you've built a family with. Right. That's – awful right it's not like you it's not like five years after and you're like man i'm disappointed it's like 20 years yeah whatever it would be different if he's years. like i'm disappointed in like myself i'm disappointed in the fact that i like i don't know didn't make my own changes to have a better career or do it but like saying right. i'm so disappointed in like my entire life yeah to it's incredibly your part- harsh to your life partner who you've had children with for two decades is really fucked. Mm -hmm. And Scarlett says she's so hurt at this point, like you can see it on her face. Um, She tells him that she never asked him to marry her. And Mike says, yeah, but I did. As if that's supposed to be like some great olive branch that he's extended and like he's done such a great thing. But Scarlett's very hurt. She starts crying and says he doesn't have to do her any more favors. They're not going to hold each other back anymore. That's when Scarlett's friend Naomi (laughs) comes and she's staying with Scarlett because what kind of bridesmaid would she be if she didn't hold her hand through the divorce? Clearly, like, the very hated best friend Mm -hmm. of the wife, like the foil to her very delightful and optimistic attitude is like this crass <laughs> like clearly never this, been married this woman crass like character caricature of a spinster like right. booze hound man yeah. eater <laughs> like 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. And Mike, uh, well, she says hi to Mike and Mike is like, Naomi. And she's like, Naomi. And he's like, I don't care. And I feel like if any one of our boyfriends did this in our friend group. Oh my God. We Exiled. Exiled. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. Dead to me. And Naomi wants to get Scar back on the market and heads into the house. They're going to drop some freaking game plans. Yeah, they're going to get her a wax, apparently. (laughs) It's way too much. Like, again, it's a caricature, Mm -hmm. but it's very much like, all right, babe, let's get you some (laughs) dating profiles. You're going to get fucking waxed and shellacked. We're going to find you a new boy toy. She literally says, we'll find you a playmate later on in the movie. And I'm like, it's so weird. What kind of generic brand Samantha Jones are you trying to push on me right now? (laughs) Right. They never have like, I mean, I know it's a comedy, but like they never have one moment of like, there's also in this movie, I don't think one conversation between two women um, where they're just like, yeah, you know, I'm feeling really some type of way about my divorce, like having like a moment to like talk about that. The closest is like she talks to Naomi and she's like, yeah, I deserve to have someone smile at me and tell me that I'm pretty and. She says that. But she's drunk. Yeah. (laughs) They've just come back from like the the booze hound. Yeah. Classic (laughs) Naomi. (laughs) Right. Get her drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty bleak. And Scarlet says goodbye to Mike before going inside. And one single drop of rain lands on Mike's forehead. Mm. So Mike is driving back to Ned's house in the pouring, pouring rain when suddenly the radio starts. Acting up. <laughs> I love how your impression of the radio acting up is like, wicka, wicka, what? <laughs> so, my fully work. Thank you so much. Um, we hear sounds of like the janitor being like, are you sure? <laughs> and that's when Mike sees a man standing on the edge of the bridge in the rain. And he stops Gets out of his car and he's like, hey, get off of there. It's the janitor. (gasps) And then as a truck drives by, suddenly the janitor is gone. So Mike runs over to the edge to see if, like, the janitor is in the water below. But instead, a giant whirlpool forms. And Mike sees his past self. He sees Zac Efron reaching out for him. And then Mike falls into the water. Crazy that they did that. Crazy Mm -hmm. he had to jump off a bridge. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So in the morning, Mike returns to Ned's house covered in mud, just like instead of falling in a whirlpool and, I don't know, a lake, it's like he just roiled around in the mud for (laughs) all night. Yep. And he goes upstairs, starts hosing himself down in the shower. Then he looks at himself in the mirror and sees his reflection. He is a young, taut Zach Efron. <laughs> and he screams, which, of course, I would too. Yeah, if I woke and, up looking that hot, I too would yeah, scream. I'd be like, what the <laughs> fuck? Um, and this also wakes up Ned. But, of course, he is – also, he's sleeping in a Star Wars land speeder. Yeah. Sure. The man is obsessed. Okay. Yep. 
And while Mike is examining himself in the mirror, Ned sneaks up in a warrior helmet holding an axe and he starts swinging, thinking Mike is a thief. And because if there's anything that thieves love to do, it's check themselves out in the mirror. mirror. In like a wet suit. <laughs> and of course, we get like this chase. Mike picks up a shield off the wall to defend himself. Ned ends up falling over the railing, which was <laughs> very scary. <laughs> like, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> that could kill someone. Right. And Mike just like jumps down there with him just feeling like a spider-man it's giving Um, raymond the lifeguard jumping over that railing to the steps mm -hmm. below right he's working and (laughs) just any man in any movie like jumping off something that's actually too high and landing on his feet but also one of his hands Mm -hmm. Um, exactly and they keep fighting mike keeps keeps trying to get him to stop and grabs a lightsaber himself. And that is like an elegant weapon from a more civilized time. So they fight with these lightsabers and Mike is like, I know that you have an undescended testicle and that is like Googleable. And he's like, and you helped me cheat on that math test, but we got caught. And he's like, public record. And then he's like, you asked Princess Leia to junior prom and he's like covered by the local news. <laughs> and Mike manages to get Ned on the floor who pretends to give in, but then abruptly kicks him in the nuts and Mike falls to the ground. Ned grabs a picture to slam onto his head, but just before he does it, he looks at the frame and sees that actually this intruder looks exactly like his young best friend, Mike O'Donnell. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Bestie, is that you? What <laughs> <laughs> a bestie, how have you been? What the hell? <laughs> right. But he drops the picture on his head accidentally, knocking him out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, physical <laughs> comedy. So good. So we go to the kitchen. Mike and Ned are sitting at this simply gigantic kitchen island, icing their wounds. Um they have, like, every single book that Ned owns strewn about this island. I was like, oh, my God. I want to take all the books off of all the shelves. And, <laughs> and read them all. Yeah, this is a very my niche, mom up in a carpet. niche reference to a monologue in a play that uh, we did in college. We didn't even do the play. People just did this monologue. but Right. I think maybe scenes were performed. Yeah, yeah. Like, I want to take all the books down off the shelves and, like, open all the books and argue with people about ideas. I want to <laughs> throw my mom in a carpet and roll her up and throw her out the window. Is that from um, Savage and Limbo? But who wrote it? John Patrick Shanley. Right. And Danny in the Deep Blue Sea is mm-hmm. on Broadway right now. Yeah. Or is it off Broadway? Off Broadway. With Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza. Plaza and Christopher, what's his name? From Girls. He's Charlie from Girls. I can't remember his last name. Yeah. Yeah. Limited run, guys. Go see it. Yeah. I don't know if it'll be still and playing fun fact, out. But. While they're performing it, do you know where Aubrey Plaza is living during this run? I literally do. Yeah. With Patti Lapone. <laughs> what a crazy – like, I wish that was my life. Right. 
Oh, like, sorry. I'm just in an off-Broadway show. Got to stay with my friend Patty LaPone. Yeah. Patty, do you have a spare room for me? And she's hey, like, Pat. absolutely. I got you, Obs. Move on in. I'll help you with your laundry. I If I could be a freaking fly on the mm-hmm. freaking wall. Yeah. I want to know what those conversations are like, for sure. I want to see them walking around together. Yeah. Just strolling through, like, I don't know, probably the Upper West Side, if I had to guess. Right. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> But anyways, in this movie, um, yeah, they have all the books out and Ned says it seems like a classic transformation story. Were you shot by a gamma ray or exposed to any gamma radiation? And he's like, no. And Ned's like, well, you wouldn't see it, but whatever. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, you wouldn't actually know. So So, maybe you were. (laughs) Yeah. He then asks Mike if he's a Norse god vampire or time traveling cyborg and mike is like my brother in christ we've known each other since first first grade i think i would have told you and he's like vampire wouldn't tell cyborg wouldn't know (laughs) (laughs) but ned says that that leaves your basic spirit guide transformation magic when the hero is transformed by his spirit guide to send him on a new path and then mike goes the janitor and ned goes the janitor I do think that um, Zac Efron's chemistry with Thomas Lennon is so good. I think that they bounce off each other so well. Mm -hmm. Um, I do wonder if any of it was improv because I feel like their back and forths are so funny, especially like the very understated little subtle lines. It was like very much in my personal like favorite like brand of humor. So that really worked for me as well. Oh, yeah. I think – also, Zach Efron just gets on with everyone in this movie so well. Mm-hmm. Um, he really like fits into the cast, but yeah, I appreciated their friendship. And next thing we know, Mike is driving to school and frantically asks around for the janitor, but there's only one janitor at the school, and it is not the guy that he met. So Mike then sees Alex and starts calling his name and walks toward him. Of course, Alex is freaked out, so he, like, walks away. And then the hallway clears as the lights flicker, and Mike realizes he is standing in a puddle of water. Hmm. Curious. So he follows the trail, which leads to a janitor's mop bucket outside of the gym, where inside they're playing basketball. (gasps) What? what could it mean? So we go back to Ned's house. Ned is playing like four video games at once on his five monitors. When Mike runs up and tells him that he figured out what his spirit guide wants him to do, he's going back to high school, baby. And Perfect. That sounds like a nightmare to me. Yeah. But Ned says there's no way a spirit guide would waste transformational magic on him reliving his senior year and going to prom. But Mike says that this is his chance to have his life over, but do it right. Like, wouldn't you take that chance? And Ned is like, no, I'm rich and nobody stuck my head in a toilet today. (laughs) So Mike says he hasn't done anything for himself since 1989. And I'm like, that's bullshit. I don't think I buy that because it sounds like you're not a good dad or a good husband. Sounds like you're actually quite selfish. Yeah, and you seem pretty unpleasant to be around. You also don't seem to be a good friend either, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. So Ned is like, listen, do what you have to do, but don't even think 
about sucking me into this with you because Hayden High School was the low point of my existence and I vowed to never go back to that godforsaken place. Never, ever, ever, never, ever. (laughs) Cut to Ned in Hayden High School Mm. pretending to be Mike's dad to enroll him and waiting to see the principal. Mike is like, I know my great undercover name is going to be Mark. (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) And he has a sideways uh, trucker hat on. He has a bedazzled Ed Hardy shirt. And he chose this outfit because he saw a picture of Kevin Federline wearing the same fit. Dear Lord. Yeah, not a great not a great way to figure out what to wear. Yeah, and maybe not the fashion icon to look to. <laughs> right. Ned has also provided Mike with a bunch of like doctored documents, um, like transcripts and pictures of him at science fairs, playing sports, etc. And <laughs> also snuck in there are pictures of Ned photoshopped into Star Wars. So they go in to see Principal Masterson, played by the same actress who played Jan in The Office. Melora Hardin, very yes. talented actress. Lovely to see her always. She is so good at comedy. Mm-hmm. I love, I loved seeing her in the office. Like just the best character that you love to hate. Yeah, Jan um, Levinson, no mm-hmm. gold. <laughs> so they go in to see the principal, and Mike accidentally bumps into another student, Stan, who immediately calls him a tool bag, and is clearly very aggressive. Mm-hmm. So they go into the office, and on site, Ned looks at Jane, Principal Masterson, and he's like, la, 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 la. It's my impression of, like, Elvish uh, Lord of the Rings score. (laughs) That kind of reminds me of in Pen15 when she starts masturbating and she hears the, like, music. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, when they look at, um, what's his name? Is it Alex? Like, the kid that Oh yeah, uh, Anna has a crush on, and she hears Brent like the and music. Alex. Yeah, oh my God. So this happens on site, and he imagines her with her hair blowing in the wind, and Ned does not let go of her hand when they shake hands. So she has to rip it away, and I'm like, Oof. my guy, don't be weird. Mm, this is just the beginning, <laughs> right? And he says he thinks their hands just made a baby. And I'm like, please Ew. stop talking. Yeah. So Mike tells the principal that his dad isn't used to talking to attractive women. And she's like, okay, thank you. But that's very inappropriate. Mm. So they sit down and Ned says that Mark's a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you know, I'm not married. He's a bastard. Like, I'm single, just so you know. Mm-hmm. Mike hands over the transcripts. He's apparently a straight-A student and has done science fairs and whatever. And also won a hot dog eating contest. At Coney Island. (laughs) Yep. So that's just like a little cherry on top of his academic record. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you seem great. Like, you're in. And I'm like, this is a public school. You didn't have a say, but whatever. Absolutely, yep. (laughs) And before leaving, Ned tells her, her hair is pretty and asked to smell it. And I'm like, again, please shut up. 
So Principal Masterson tells him that she doesn't date her students' parents, and Mike has to drag Ned out of the office. Mm. So cute. Uh, We then go into the hallway where Mike spots Maggie's friends. He's like, oh, these are Maggie's friends. Look at this. Hello, ladies. How's it going? And they're just like, do I know you? And then they also (laughs) drag him for dressing like Kevin Kevin Federline. Yeah. Brutal. Funny how he went back in time and the teenage girls are now repulsed. Yeah. They were more into him when he was uh, dad age. dad. Yeah. 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 So Mike is clearly insecure about now being at the bottom of the food chain in high school. He's clearly not used to that. And Ned is like, okay, if your spirit guide wants you to be a fake teenager and me to be your fake dad, then the least I can do is Mm -hmm. make sure that my fake son doesn't look like a total douche. Let's go shopping. So we get a makeover. And this is also one of my favorite scenes in the film Mm -hmm. because he drives up to school. So imagine just being in high school again, right? Or maybe you are in high school. Zac Efron drives up to school in a Benz. Mm-hmm. Gets out of that car and just like bada bing, bada boom, puts on the leather jacket. And they do <laughs> the like, it reminds me of Zoe 101's theme song where they like have the shot and then they do the same shot, but it's like a slightly, slightly closer. Right, yeah. right. And just like, a, we showed it and we're showing it again. Yeah. And he's, Slides on his leather jacket, puts on his sunglasses, takes the books off his car. And yeah, just no like, bag, just carrying the books. Just carrying <laughs> the books. I'm like, okay, Jess, mm-hmm. Mariano. Yep. Closes the door and like everyone is staring at him. They're like, who's that guy? Oh my God, I would lose my mind. I was a teenager and a guy who looked like that rolled up to school. <laughs> I'd be like, me? they don't make these. <laughs> No. Who maybe you are a cyborg. Yeah. I love the detail you put into these notes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my note says this outfit is classic and still works to this day. Even the skinny <laughs> jeans and the converse. I don't think everyone could pull it off, but if you know, someone who looked like Zach Efron put on that fit, I think it would still work. I do think like it's it's just yeah, yeah it's a good time. It's a good time. It's a good scene. And he gets into the hallway. Just like riding that high of confidence. But then everyone busts into the hallway because it's the end of like homeroom, I'm assuming. And he is frazzled to say the least. And he's just getting <laughs> bounced around. Like people are pushing him out of the way. And he's like, oh my, oh my God, I need to gather my bearings. Yeah. I did notice there was one girl who actually like hits him with the door. But then when she looks at him and see how good looking he is, she's like, sorry. <laughs> it's like, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Oops, my bad. So Mike goes to class. He's just sitting quietly waiting for class to start as everyone's like on their phones or just fucking around. When he gets a phone call, it's from Scarlett asking, hey, where the hell are you? Our divorce proceedings are happening right now. Yeah, they're at like a mediation. The lawyers are waiting. And she's like, do you even take this seriously? And he says, yes, I take this seriously. I had to leave the country. I'm in. I'm. I'm with the Incas in Peru. We think that we might have found the next row game. <laughs> so Scarlet then hears the sounds of girls laughing in the background. Is like, are you with a girl? 
He says, no, it's just a bunch of cheerleaders. I'm like, you got a better be, lie. You got to be quicker on your feet than that, Mike. Or should I say Mark? Yeah, Mark Gold. And then a girl sits next to Mike and is like, would you consider dating a 10th grader? Mm. And upon hearing this, Scarlet's lawyer says, I think we can go for full custody. Fair enough. Can't blame her. But Mike <laughs> says, no, you can't take my kids away from me. I'm a lot closer to them than you think. Because right on cue, Maggie <laughs> has walked so into the room. Weirdly. Yeah, he's like, I'm a lot, a lot closer, closer to them, them than, than you, you think. think. So he asks to reschedule and hangs up. And then Mike smiles and waves at Maggie. And this is a stranger to her. So she just pretends to ignore him. She's like, um, why is the new kid waving at me? And once again, if a guy who looked like that was waving at questions. me, I wouldn't ask a damn thing. I wave right back. Keep my mouth shut. Do you need a tutor? <laughs> yeah. Let me help you catch up. Mm-hmm. I have like notes on the whole syllabus. Let's get together after school. We can go <laughs> over them. But her friend Samantha says, I don't know, but if that boy were an apple, he'd be a delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> So we go to the gym where Mike plays basketball and he's just like, we're all in such great shape. Like, look at us go. <laughs> such virile young men. So he starts showing off his moves when Coach Murphy calls him over and he's like, you're still here? You're a legend. (laughs) That's what I meant. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, I've been here, but this is actually my last year. I'm going to retire. Keep that in your back pocket for later. Chekhov's uh, retiring. (laughs) (laughs) And he tells Mike he's good. And they're looking for a point guard. And I'm like, you're looking for a point. That's like an integral player. Like, did he graduate? Right. Like, what's the situation right now? Yeah. What happened to the old point guard? Did he transfer? Right. Because it's not the start of the school year. Middle of the school year. It's not. And I'm also like, but this is like a whole other thing, which I can't really read too much into. Just got to you know say okay yeah but the timeline of the basketball season is not making a lick of sense (laughs) yeah the timeline also of like her getting into college but it doesn't seem like graduation it seems like graduation is not super close i don't know we don't get a prom scene or anything i'm like did you apply early decision but then like a scout is coming to look at him and i'm like wouldn't that be really late in the game for a scout to be looking if we're close right we just have to say it's a movie and it's we movie. and we throw it away, we let it go. <laughs> it's already forgotten. Yeah. So we go to the bathroom. Mike calls Ned, tells him that things are looking up. Coach Murphy practically put him on the team. He's on the path. And Ned's like, Yeah, that's great. Anyways, I need you to get in trouble at school so that I have an excuse to come down there and talk to the principal. And Mike is like, All right, bye. So he hangs up. But that's when he hears a very teeny tiny, quiet little voice from the stall saying, hey, can, can I get some help? <laughs> and it's poor Alex Sterling Knight, who's been duct taped to the toilet. I think of Sterling Knight and I think of Sunny with a Chance mm-hmm. and the like nemesis. The uh, enemies to lovers. Right, Exactly. And I also think of that crazy movie 
the decom that he was in where he's like a famous guy. Oh, it's yeah. A, it's, it's like basically a Wattpad story. Starstruck. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I genuinely don't think that I've seen any of his other work besides 17 again because I didn't watch Sunny with her with a chance or Starstruck. Mm-hmm. So I think this might be it. But I enjoyed his performance in this. I think um, he's a fine actor. I liked him in Sunny with the Chance a lot because it was so funny. He had such a um, he was a douche, like he was a jerk, mm. but he had he had really funny lines and his delivery was great. So yeah, I did. I've seen like edits on TikTok every oh, once really? in a while of like them, um, or on Twitter when people will be doing like threads of like favorite tropes or whatever. Like people mm-hmm. talk about them a lot for enemies to lovers and how it was like very well done in the show. Um, but a fun fact about the casting for this movie is that Sterling Knight and Hunter Parrish, who plays Stan, actually both auditioned for Troy Bolton in High School Musical. I'm sorry, but no. They lost. Um, apparently, <laughs> Hunter Parrish was actually, like, the favorite. Like, that's who they were planning Whoa. on casting. But he didn't go to the final round of auditions because he went to – he he had to fly, like, somewhere else for a meeting with a director for a Robin Williams movie. So he was like, do I go meet the director for a Robin Williams movie or do this callback for a Disney movie? I'm going to go to the Robin Williams meeting. He kind of made the wrong choice. I think so too, because I don't even know what movie that was, if he ended up even being in Mm it. But in High School Musical was such a smash. But um, yeah, apparently I haven't like seen him perform in any sort of like musical theater capacity but i have heard that like right, hunter so parish is like a very talented um like musical like he's a talented singer and dancer and everything mm-hmm. so what could have been who knows but zacky boy prevailed i think also they have such different looks that the charming i don't know he just has like a charming very clean good boy look to him and mm-hmm. Hunter Parrish looks more of like uh, he's taller more mm-hmm. believable as a basketball player yeah. but also has more of like a bad boy look to him well he doesn't normally look like that in like outside of this movie I feel like even his like IMDB picture I could see him as more of like a edgy boy then I could see Zac Efron. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I guess when I think of him, I always think of him having kind of like a slick back hair moment that feels very like preppy and he feels mm. very kind of like all American to me. So I feel like I could see him pretty easily as Troy Bolton. Sterling Knight. Not so much. I, he he just looks so much younger than both of them. So I don't know. But yeah, interesting how, you know, the fates came together to put them Definitely. in this movie. But yeah, we do see poor, poor Alex duct tape to this toilet. It is pretty gnarly. Like, I can't stress enough how much duct tape they used for this. They used a lot of duct tape. Mike is obviously in shock upon seeing his son like this and asks who did this to him. And Alex says it was the basketball team. And Mike is like, why would they do that? Like, you're one of them. You're popular. And Alex is like, <laughs> you're popular, uh, right? Like this kind of personal. And I don't really know you. And Mike is like, oh, sorry. I'm Mark. I'm actually, I'm your Uncle Ned's kid. 
And he then goes to help Alex by ripping the duct tape off. And he's like, just do it quick. And he's like, Band-Aid, got it. And (laughs) Sterling Knight makes the most delicate, quiet little wince (laughs) that is a very sad but very funny like button on this scene. He's just like, ah. (laughs) (laughs) So they go to the cafeteria and Alex asks Mike how they never met. And he's like, oh, uh, my mom didn't want anyone to know that she had a kid with Ned. And he's like, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> and that's when Mike notices Alex shyly looking over at this girl. And he's like, oh, is that your girlfriend? And Alex is like, oh, my God. LOL, no, she's the head cheerleader. Of She'd course. never go with a guy like me. Wah, wah. <laughs> Aw. <laughs> Audience go, Aw. Aww. And Mike says, you know, Alex, when I first met your mother, and he's like, what? When did you meet my mom? And he's like, what? What? I didn't, I didn't say your mom. He's like, yeah, you said my mom. Is she hot? He's like, what am I supposed to say to that? <laughs> yeah. So Stan walks into the cafeteria with his posse and just immediately, like, pushes a kid and steals his lunch. And Alex is like, oh, I hate that guy. He's the one who taped me to the toilet. And yesterday, he shoved me in a washing machine in my own home. And he's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, that's Maggie's boyfriend. And Mike is like, no. It's like seeing your daughter get daddy issues in real time. Mm. And Mike is like, I am very disappointed in Maggie and just glares at Stan. It also goes to show just how checked out as a father he is because presumably she didn't start dating Stan within the past four days. Right. Um, so she definitely was dating Stan while you were still living at home as her father and you didn't even notice. Yeah, that's wild. We'll take absentee father for 500, Alex. So (laughs) we then go to a very, very good scene. The showdown between Stan and Mike. So Stan goes over and tells Alex that if he wanted him in the cafeteria, he would have taped him to the lunch lady. And Mike stands up and he's like, you little punk, you don't talk to him that way. And Stan slams the basketball on the table and says, oh, yeah, what are you going to do? And Mike very confidently says, well, I'm going to call your father. And Stan laughs because who is this 17-year-old child? He's like, my father doesn't care about me. <laughs> yeah, joke's on yeah. you, buddy. <laughs> Just like Alex, my dad too yes. doesn't give a shit about me. <laughs> so he then tries to pull a fast one and throw his basketball at Mike's face, but he catches mm. it. And the way he's just like standing there holding that bar- ball, I'm like, oh my God, here we fucking go. And also – I think we might have mentioned this earlier, but he does his own basketball stunts. Yeah. So this is Zach Efron just playing around with basketball. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it is kind of impressive that he can palm the ball, although I don't know if it's like a regulation basketball size because even NBA players can't always palm the ball. It's like mm. actually quite hard to do. It's a huge wow. fucking ball. Yeah. <laughs> so, good, yeah. Good for him, I guess. No, yeah, he – because even before he got the script, like, it was always written that basketball was the sport. It's just, like, very lucky that he spent years and years doing High School Musical where obviously he had to do, like, a lot of basketball training. So the skills were there. But 
Stan calls him a bitch, and he's like, he's like give me my ball back, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> they should have cast you. They should right? have cast you. <laughs> and, and my goes- We need to make a TikTok of, um, you know how it was really popular to do, like, random parts from movies? Oh, like- yeah. I should do one of those for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> give me my ball back. Give me my ball back. Bitch. <laughs> and then it's like you and you're like, give me my ball back. Bitch. Because <laughs> it's the way that he kind of like glances around before he's like, give me my ball back. Bitch. Because he's so insecure. <laughs> I see you for who you truly are. Ugly. <laughs> oh my gosh. But Mike says, you know, Stan, I feel sorry for you. And he says, you don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I do. Oh, but I do. All too well. <laughs> You're the man. Captain of the basketball team. <laughs> dates the pretty girls. High school is your kingdom. But people, Stan's a bully. <laughs> Why? It, it'd be too easy to say that Stan preys on the weak simply because he's a dick. No, no, no. Stan here is much more complex than that. See, according to leading psychiatrists, Stan's a bully for one of three reasons. And we have this amazing move where he's spinning the basketball holding three fingers up and it's spinning on like the middle finger. And each time he does a different number, he like switches fingers. It's very cool. Impressive to me, at least. Put that on your res, baby. Right. Special skills can spin a basketball. Mm -hmm. Good with basketball. (laughs) Good with ball. (laughs) Ball Put a ball in my hand. Get Kenny or Tay out here. We're doing a fucking musical, bitch. Absolutely. So he says one. Underneath all that male bravado, there's an insecure little girl just banging on the closet door, trying to get out. Two, like a caveman, Stan's brain is underdeveloped. Therefore, Stan is unable to use self-control, and so he acts out aggressively. And the third reason, Stan has a small wiener, and the entire cafeteria explodes. It's like, oh, shit. And we see Zac Efron showing off his basketball moves and he does a little you know fake fake out out. and he says don't hurt yourself big boy and i was like (laughs) just like and i go fair my the (laughs) foam is coming out of my mouth but yeah the he's so like the delivery of this monologue, I think, is very great. He keeps it, like, super interesting. I feel like it could potentially fall flat if not delivered correctly. And his yeah. timing is impeccable. The way that it's choreographed with all the different basketball tricks that he's doing, it's so satisfying to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I think he it's a good actor. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, like, after seeing this movie, I'm, like, I need – you to be i need you to have your elvis moment i need your agent to be better at their job i need you to stop traveling <laughs> around i need you to book some roles okay mm-hmm. so we go home and by home i mean ned's house mike is eating everything in sight and he's just like putting whipped cream into his mouth. He's put making this absolutely atrocious, d- deplorable sandwich. <laughs> I kind of want to make it just to see. I in my brain, I had to like contextualize it. I'm like, that's not Nutella. That's like brown mustard that they dyed, or like because I'm like that shit's nasty. It's like a pregnant woman sandwich. You know how <laughs> pregnant women get like really weird cravings. Yeah. Ugh, pregnant woman. <laughs> 
disgusting where they're like i want chocolate and pickles like that's right you know that's the vibe it was giving me Mm -hmm. and he's like ned's like what are you making he's like i don't know i just know i'm hungry all the time he's a growing boy he needs his food yeah just watch the movie the delivery is good i promise Mm -hmm. um but he tells ned today he learned that he's a bad dad He was wrong about his spirit path. It's not all about basketball. It's about helping his kids. And I'm like, okay, that's like a reasonable conclusion to come to. Yeah. And he takes a bite of his nasty-ass sandwich, and he's like, I'm going to go help my kids. Yeah. I did try and write down, like, everything I could see him put on the sandwich. So on one side, it looks like just lettuce and tomato. There might be some meat under there. Unsure. On the other side of the bread, we got Nutella – mayo pickles crushed doritos and spray cheese so do with that what you will (laughs) we then go (laughs) to the o'donnell house uh mike goes over he meets up with alex by their little basketball hoop in the driveway alex just shooting perfect three-pointers and Mm -hmm. mike is like wow that's really impressive do it again he does it again no problem then he wants to see how he fares under pressure so he you know tries to distract him but he nails it again and mike is like you're really great you should be on the team you should be on the team i'm gonna help get you on the team and alex is like all right buddy so that's when scarlet pulls into the driveway with naomi fresh from happy hour and scarlet lays eyes on mike introduced by alex as uncle ned's bastard And Scarlet, who's, you know, a little tips, she's in the juice a little bit. She stares at him, walks over and grabs his face. And she's like, you look just like my husband, my ex-husband. Like, how weird is that? And he's like, it is weird. So weird. Just enjoying, you know, her hands all over him. And Naomi, excuse me, Naomi drags her away from the child that she's manhandling. But Scarlett can't get over how much he looks like Mike from high school. And Naomi's like, you just need to let that guy go, you know? And Scarlett's like, okay, good idea. I'm going to go over there and smell him. And Naomi's like, sweetheart, you cannot smell teenagers. (laughs) You know what? We just need to hook you up with someone new. And Scarlett's like, Bestie, you're so right. I deserve to have someone smile at me and tell me I'm pretty, even if it is just to get me to go home with him. And Naomi's like, or just to lunch. But yeah, we're going to find you a new playmate. <laughs> Honey, yeah. might as well be taking a drag of a cigarette while she right, says it. <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. She's like, babe, we're going to get you out there. Mm-hmm. We're going to find you a new guy. Yeah. So Mike then throws the ball at Naomi and she's like, ow, you little snot, you little turd, because he hit her with the ball. Oh, the spinster hates kids. I didn't see that one coming. Who'd have thunk? So he's like, oh, my bad. I guess I was just distracted, as I imagine Alex was, at hearing that his still married mother is planning on running around with uh, any man she can get her hands on. Just saying... Naomi and she's like Naomi and he says I don't care Mm-mm. Um, in case anyone was wondering uh, because he's like really good at shooting three pointers I think that Alex would likely be the shooting guard on the basketball team mm. 
um, because they're supposed to be good at three-point and, like, mid, mid-range shooting, um, which doesn't really make sense later in the film when he is expected to take on the role of a point guard. Just saying. Mm. But I digress. What, is, what does the point guard <laughs> do? Um, the point guard is good at, like, passing and kind of, like, uh, organizing the players and, mm. like, making the points happen. Right, um, setting them up. For success, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. But there's, like, a lot of facets to the different roles, but basically, like, distilling it. Yeah. Um, this is not important to the plot. <laughs> Always good Good to know. Good to know, because they uh, – Later on, the coach is like, just get the ball to gold. Yeah, the, it doesn't really make sense that whenever there's a basketball movie, it's just like, he's putting the basketball in the hoop. He's so good. He's amazing. Yeah. Everyone else on the team sucks, except for this one guy. Who's amazing. Yeah. Unless it's one trail, then it's two guys who are amazing and everyone else is irrelevant. Or it's High School Musical and it's actually Chad, mm. who's the best basketball player but yeah no one recognizes him overshadowed by nepo baby troy bolton yeah <laughs> this isn't my dream dad it's yours it's chad's yeah it's chad's can you pay attention to him please please nurture another child nurture right. another student on the team love being the coach of my son's basketball team so i can make sure he gets the best mm-hmm. attention anyways Absolutely. <laughs> We go to health class back at Hayden High School, and Mike struts in there. Maggie and Stan are making out, and I'm like, health class is not a senior year class. That's like a freshman year class that you have to take. Is it like for a full semester that you have to take it? I mean, I had to take health class my freshman year, but only for – I think half a year or maybe Mm. even a quarter. Like it was not an all year class. Yeah. Um, You had to take health class all four years. (gasps) What? What are you eating? Cheese? You're eating a big chunk of cheese? You're eating a big chunk of cheese? Okay. (laughs) I look over the man's like, looks like he has a cookie in his hand. It's a big chunk of cheese. As a savory girl, I respect it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm so glad we got groceries. Like, we can make this meal on this day, this meal on this day. I'm like, where's all the fucking cheese? Oh, it's in your tummy? It's in your tummy? Lactose intolerant, Piaf. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love you. Really didn't um, pay attention in health class. So. <laughs> so we're in health class, though, which apparently – some have to take all four years. Wow. And do they have to take health class with Margaret Cho? I wish. As their teacher? That would be cool. Yeah. But they're dis- they're continuing their discussion on human sexuality. And I'm like, what? How we many really days? talk about that. How many lessons? <laughs> and apparently the official school policy is abstinence. And Mike is like, thank you. That is so sensible. We should all make a pact right now to abstain from sex. Who's with me? 
everyone laughs at him. And he asks Maggie, and she's like, what? Like, why are you targeting me? <laughs> I've never like met a you. stranger just going up to you being like, you're on my side, right? And I'm like, please Who settle down. Margaret Cho says that she knows abstinence isn't realistic. So the official school position is that they prepare them for safe sex now. So please, like, take a condom and pass it down. Stan is a total jerk off. So, of course, he grabs a huge handful and he's like, that'll last us through the weekend, right, babe? Oh, yeah. He's like, I have needs. I'm like, fuck off. So he laughs and like Mark doesn't need one. He passes it on. Um, And Mike is like, yeah, you're right. I don't need one. You know why I don't need one? Because there's no one that I'm in love with. It's called making love, isn't it? Maybe I'm old-fashioned, but I think that means you do it with someone you love, and preferably when you're married. You know, when you're ready to take that love and turn it into a baby, because that's what love is. It's the first moment when you hold your baby girl, and you didn't know that anything could be so small or so delicate, and you feel that tiny heartbeat, and you know that you couldn't love anything more in the whole world, and you hope that you can do right by that little girl and always be there to catch her when she falls and that nothing ever hurts her. Not a broken arm or a bad dream or a broken heart. And the girls are just like, take it away. I don't even (laughs) want to fucking see that basket. I don't want it. Mm, That beat that he took, that he takes when he's like, when you hold your baby girl, (laughs) I know. And I'm like, unbelievable. Stop. (laughs) Stop it right now. I don't even want a child. And that was getting to me. <laughs> I know. The delivery was so sincere. Mm-hmm. He nails it. Let Zac um, Efron be more sincere in movies. Challenge Hollywood. I need <laughs> him to like play a role where he's like, and I'm only saying this because this is what gets the Oscar. I'm like, where's his like struggling with depression, uh, mm. gets stuck on a deserted island alone, his like 127 hours i don't know you know right yeah lost in translation Mm -hmm. so stan takes this opportunity to be like more for me haha and starts kissing maggie and mike tackles him and they get into a fight but stan really wins that fight (laughs) he beats his ass (laughs) he beats the shit out of him Mm -hmm. and of course Everyone films it. It gets sent around like wildfire. Yeah. So Mike is icing his face outside Principal Masterson's office when Ned shows up in an insane outfit. It's like a cowboy hat and a furry vest and leather pants and eight necklaces. And so he sits down and Mike goes, what are you wearing? And I just love this line. He just goes, (laughs) Beckham and leans forward so he can like smell him meaning his cologne <laughs> what, he did it, spoke. What, what are you wearing oh, oh Beckham obviously but Annette explains what he's doing is actually a seduction technique known as peacocking he's like I know a lot about the pickup arts yeah what was that show in the 2000s it was literally called like pickup artist or something where they would have oh, guys like go into a club or like players I think is what it was called um, awful. And they would film awful. these like self-proclaimed like pickup artists 
going into clubs and like using their lines on women and like seeing their success rate and stuff insane that like that was a show that was yeah that sounds very early 2000s Mm -hmm. yeah the heyday of really misogynistic reality television but yeah so he's peacocking he says that his outfit functions as both an icebreaker and attention getter he walks into the office strikes a little pose and principal masterson says are you peacocking (laughs) (laughs) spotted Mm -hmm. so we go back to the o'donnell house and mike goes up to scarlet who is unloading some gardening supplies from her trunk and scarlet tells him about how she's redoing the backyard and gives him a little tour of her progress so far talks him through some of her ideas and he's like it's gonna be amazing scar and I will say the backyard, what she's doing to it is like mm-hmm. gorgeous. Yeah. I love it. I want to have a garden party there. Mm-hmm. And she notices that he called her Scar, which is like a nickname that only her husband calls her. And Mike quickly changes the subject and asks if she needs help. You know, I'm young and strong. And Scarlett thinks he's volunteering some other services. <laughs> and she's like, You know, I know the cougar thing is popular with high school boys, but it's never going to happen. And he's like, I meant like business experience, like for my college applications. And she's like, okay, let me get you a shovel. (laughs) And I'm like, ah, Zach Efron. He like does this shy little like smile when her back is turned. And I was like, ah, oh my God. (laughs) It's the way his eyes twinkle. Yeah. When he does a little grin. To one side of his face. I literally, I wrote it later on in the notes that, like, he could have chemistry with a wall. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he just has so much effervescent charm to him. And they actually had a really hard time with casting the role of Maggie because it was difficult to find a girl his age <laughs> that he didn't have chemistry with. Yeah, I could see that. So, eventually they found Michelle Trachtenberg. And, like, they have chemistry as, like, people, but it's not, like, overt sexual chemistry so they're like okay this can work but yeah i can't can't blame every young actress in hollywood for like stepping into a room with zach efron and you know blushing a little bit i know (laughs) but we do then get this little montage we see mike helping alex with his basketball get him in good shape for tryouts we see him helping scarlet with the yard work uh in the process he also does everything that he can to keep Maggie and Stan apart, such as spraying them with a hose and also setting off a smoke alarm while they're making out. He also, like, checks Scarlet out while she's walking around. We see that in Ned's uh, efforts to woo Principal Masterson, he buys a school bus with a big red bow on it, and he also commissions an absolutely insane, like, painting of the two of them where where principal masterson is like almost an amazonian looking superhero (laughs) carrying ned through the sky and he has it delivered to her office um needless to say doesn't work so alex and mike are excited when they get back to the house alex grabs the phone probably to call his dad when Scarlett comes in and asks how tryouts went and Mike is like, oh, 
you know, I got on the team, like, they're like, so sad, like, only Mark <laughs> got on the team. Psych, we both did, and Scar's Yay. thrilled. She hugs her son, and Mike joins in, and she's like, that is very inappropriate. I didn't um, think it was that bad. I was like, it's just a hug. I don't know. Yeah, but he's, like, in love with her. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> And Scarlett then tells them to come see the backyard because she finally finished it. I'm like, okay, you were, you're working quick. Mm-hmm. And it looks incredible. It is very crowded. Yes. Like it's a whole to do. It is difficult because we don't get a lot of like very detailed shots of it. So it's hard for me. No, my brain it's just to kind of like, like pinpoint the shot it. right when you walk out into the yeah. backyard. Because I'm like, I see the pond and then I just see like a mash of greenery. So I'm like, can you even go into this yard? Is it just for yeah, looking? Yeah, it kind of sucks, actually, when we talk about it. <laughs> now that we're talking about it, it looks like shit. I just want to know if it's if it's functional. Like, if you can go yeah. into the other, like, past the pond. Because it's, like, a large right. body of water. I like to water. think there's, like, a pathway Yeah, you can walk through. Yeah. It does look beautiful, though. I love the lights as well. I love a twinkle yeah. light. Oh, yeah. So Alex goes back inside, and Mike tells Scarlett, when people see how talented she is, she's going to be designing gardens all over the city. And she thanks him. They have like a moment. And then she's like, oh, I have to go get ready. I have a date tonight. We're going dancing. I'm a terrible dancer. And Mike is like, you're an amazing dancer. <laughs> and she's like, excuse me? And he tries to recover and just says, you just look like you can move. <laughs> you just look like you can move, babe. <laughs> Of Zach. He has a really great face journey at the end of the scene when he's like trying to recover and like he looks kind of like shy and like a embarrassed oh and like a little bit flirty and then a little bit like, oh my God, I, like what did I just say? What? Who said that? So bashful. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> a bashful king. My God, God. You can tell that we're like, yeah, Zach Efron's in the movie, whatever. Yeah. No big deal. We're fine. Not me. Psh. But I will say, like, again, with the whiplash from 89 Mike to 2009 to then 17 again Mike, um, I felt like as soon as he became 17 again, he was, like, instantly in love with his wife again. Right. I wanted that journey. Like, I... I feel like, like I needed that, to see them grow together again, like maybe when they were working on the garden and yeah. they got to talk. Like I don't know. Yeah, I needed what the like is. one or two, like one more conversation, like one more scene between the two of them to show that gradual shift. Instead of like as soon as he's young again and sees her, he's like, "I love my wife again." Don't know what right. I was thinking. And I'm like, well, true, because how are you letting Leslie Mann slip through your fingers? Like you think you're gonna do better yeah. than that? You're already, you know, punching above your weight here, sir. No, absolutely. It it also kind of felt like he was just like, oh, I just need to be healthy again and then I'll be happy. (laughs) I just need to be young and agile again. But yeah, so it, again, was a little bit inconsistent with that narrative because he goes from being so harsh to then like just dropping all of his resentments completely. Mm -hmm. So I think it would have been a little more satisfying to have – more of an arc with that but nevertheless zach is so charming that i kind of forget about it so (laughs) we go inside scarlet is all dressed up for her date she's practicing her moves in the mirror 
while Mike is watching from the doorway, like kind of laughing at her. And he's like, no, 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 it's great. And she says, that move is called the snake. It was a very hot dance when you were one. <laughs> and he asks her to te- teach it to him. And he goes over to the CD player and shuffles through some CDs, which are just sitting like not in cases. And the way that he's like what? scraping them together he's scr- as he shoves like, I'm like, <laughs> those are unusable now. <laughs> There's so many scratches on these CDs. He puts in a CD. It's like... <laughs> it just doesn't even yeah. play. Um, today's kids will never know the struggle. But yeah, he puts in a CD. He puts on Kid by The Pretenders. And she asks why he picked that song. And he says... This movie has actually a pretty decent soundtrack. Oh, it has a great soundtrack. Yeah. Every time I listen to the song Naive by the kooks i always uh, think of this movie yeah um i did get to see them in concert back mm-hmm. when i was in high school mm-hmm. very cool time i'm not fond of asking true or false it may be, it may be. <laughs> they were the 1975 to me before i discovered the 1975 yeah that's what i was thinking when i heard it back i was like wait a second why does this sound so familiar incoherent british man guitars you ever listen to the smiths yeah Sing me to sleep. <laughs> to die by your side. I it's was walking on a wide with a drunken eye. <laughs> I'm a British man now. and I'm singing a song. <laughs> In my life. <laughs> Why do I let valuable time? <laughs> now it's turning pop punk. That's a different. That's a different. I was talking to Josh about the Smiths the other day. Like, I don't. I really don't know what's part of the conversation, but he was like, you know, he claims he's not gay, and then had me listen to the song where what? Oh, you can't hear me. There's a song <laughs> that he writes like about meeting a man, and mm. then they go like hang out together, and it's very like indicative yeah. of a, a romantic relationship, right? And I was like, is this like the conspiracy theories you're on right now? <laughs> <laughs> he's deep in the Smiths uh, subreddit, right? Right. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, But yeah, needless to say, this is a great soundtrack, this movie. Um, Mm -hmm. The song also that plays when he like gets- Needless to say, so we'll keep talking about it. (laughs) Needless to say, and I will go on. Um, (laughs) The song that plays when he gets out of the bends is also like ingrained in my mind. So yeah, she she asked why he picked the song. He says it just spoke to him. And she's like, oh, that's funny. It was actually my wedding song with my husband. No way crazy my god <laughs> what's that coincidence and he keeps getting like closer and closer to her and she's like backing away and she's like oh you know what let, let me teach you some of the dance moves that i learned at my wedding he's like absolutely wrapping his arm around her waist and she's like no no <laughs> you, you stand right here i'll stand right here yeah and she teaches him a couple steps and he just like takes her in his arms and they start slow dancing i was like oh my god <laughs> so they're dancing. She has to keep like raising the arm that he has on her back because he keeps putting it on the small of her back. Yeah. And it's like, it, as far as her knowledge, not appropriate <laughs> in this right. context. So he asks her, you know, speaking of your husband, do you think you'll ever get back together? And she's like, no, not at all. <laughs> and he's like, but what if he really wants to? Yeah. He's like, why are you so sure? Like, maybe there's something he could do to fix things. And she says, I love my husband and I care about him, but sometimes that's just not enough, which is very true. And Mike is like, wow, he blew it. He then spins Scarlet around and says, jump. 
and she like jumps into his arms. He catches her and spins her around. The way that he's looking at her in this moment is yeah. illegal. <laughs> like in more ways than one. Yeah. In so many ways, but it's insane. So he stops spinning and they're just like staring deeply into each other's eyes, falling in love all over again. When I guess Alex has been standing there for quite ruining some time. the moment. <laughs> yeah, ruining the moment between his friend and his mom. And he's like, uh, what's up? <laughs> and Scarlet <laughs> Scarlet snaps out of it and remembers, you know, where she is in in this universe and reminds Mike that she is Alex's mom. Okay. <laughs> she then goes to the door because her date is here. And Alex is just staring at Mike, and Mike's like, Yeah, she was nervous. It's creepy, right? I mean, she's she's so old. It's like, yeah. <laughs> and Alex is like, Do you dance with all your friends' moms? And he goes, Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so Scarlett meets her date at the door. And it's just some random guy. Like, who cares? He doesn't even have a name. Like, in the subtitles, it just says, man. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He hands her some flowers. And Mike, lingering in the doorway, says, carnations, what a douchebag. I mean. It's not a great flower. Yeah. It's it's just not a date flower. Right. I would say carnations are, like. Carnations are something I would buy for my own house to be like, I right. want a little, I want some flowers on the yeah. vase. Yeah. So the date starts heading to the car and Scar gives Mike the flowers, who is like, oh my God, this guy. Can't believe you're going from Uncle Mike to this tool. <laughs> and Scar just like shushes him and gives him the divorce papers and actually says, you need to give this to Ned for Mike. And remind him that he needs to be there on the 27th. Shouldn't that be going through a lawyer? Like, do you just hand people divorce papers? Well, I think it's more so like that would be something that would be mailed, but he hasn't been showing up. So maybe she like is like, you need to give this to him because I can't pin him down. Like, right. um, But it kind of felt like when, uh, you know, those people who like, pretend to be someone else to serve someone papers oh yeah they're like oh my god i'm such a huge are you are you so and so like i'm such I'm a, a huge, huge fan. fan you've been served yeah. right like um yeah. olivia Mar- wilde yes mm-hmm. yes olivia wilde talking on stage getting yeah. served divorce papers where she's like is this a script <laughs> how embarrassing oh man so anyways back to the script uh back to the movie As soon as they leave, Stan pulls up and Maggie runs out to the car so they can go to Jamie's party, which, of course, Mike now is going to drag Alex to because he wants to keep an eye on her. Mm -hmm. So they go to Jamie's party at a bowling alley. Love an activity birthday. I got to say, I just this past week for my friend's 30th birthday, we went to Medieval Times. So fun. And it was a blast. I had a great time. It's like some of the highest levels of camp that I've ever seen. Is that <laughs> I'm <medieval sure>. <laughs> I saw that and I was literally, I commented on your photo. I was like, mm-hmm. you guys have to come to the Ren Fair next yeah. year. I would love, I've never been to the Ren Fair. I would love to go. 
It looks I'm like sure a very fun time. There's probably one in Toronto too. I'm sure there is. I don't know. Yeah, probably it's probably like outside of the city. I'm sure there's one. Mm-hmm. Um, but you and Caitlin should just come down. Yeah, come hang at the pad, mm-hmm. and I'll go to the Ren Fair together. Get some cute outfits together. I feel like Caitlin would kill at the Ren Fair. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. She's, she kind of gets the fit she's off. Giving, she's giving wench. She's giving... <laughs> she's giving barmaid. Bar yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. The point of this rant was to say, I love an activity birthday. Yeah, I, I'm like, what are we talking about? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, we're at the bowling alley. And Alex is terrified by all of the dangerous bullying possibilities at this bowling alley. But then he gets even more anxious and terrified because who's there? His crush, Nicole. So he's freaking out and like a burp erupts from his mouth. Wow. And Mike is like, why are you burping? He's like, I have tummy issues. And he's like, you have tummy issues? Like, it's just another thing that Mike doesn't know about his his child. And Alex says that she's not going to like a loser like him. But Mike is like, why are you a loser? Because Stan says that you're a loser. Stan is going nowhere. And any girl would be lucky to have your attention. And then this line, insane to me. Alex looks at Zac Efron and says, what do you know about girls? And I say, are you dumb? Have you seen the man? (laughs) Yeah. What do you think he knows about girls? Mike says... I'll tell you what I know about girls. I used to date the most beautiful girl in school and I let her slip through my fingers. I'm not going to let that happen to you. He then shoves Alex to go over and talk to Nicole. So we go to Maggie's friends and Mike asks Samantha if she's seen Maggie and she says, no, but I'm here and I'm really glad you came. Then Jamie comes up and is like, it's my birthday. Guess I'll have to unwrap you. (laughs) Then Lauren grabs him and says she was kicked off the cheerleading squad for being too flexible. Oh, my. And Mike is, like, kind of, like, overwhelmed for a second. He's like, what? Attention? I love. But then he's like, okay. And sits them all down. And he asks how they expect anyone else to respect them if they don't respect themselves. And then they all say, I don't respect me. Like, you don't even have to remember my name. Like, don't respect me. And I'm, like, cringing. Yeah. I did not like this part. No, it's – I don't think it's something you would see in a movie in 2023. Right. Nobody talks like that. Nobody would act like that. Right. <laughs> so – And when they were rolling the credits because they had, like, the high school pictures of the yeah. people who worked on the film, I was like, oh, it was written by a man. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, yeah. It was yeah. just like very, very clearly that point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think they just wanted an opportunity for him to have like a, like put his dad hat on. Right. Because um, I remembered this moment being in the trailer, especially the like end cap to the scene where he's like, this is some other dad's problem. They wanted <laughs> that line in the movie, mm-hmm. clearly. So yeah, I personally don't need the scene. I think it could be cut. Don't think it adds. Yeah, kill your darlings. Come on. Yeah. Um, But also, Jamie, played by Kat Graham from Vampire Diaries. She's Bonnie Mm. Bennett. So we then go back to Alex, who's chatting with Nicole, and he tells her that she looks like his dog. And she's like, what? And he's like, no, no, (laughs) your hair, your hair, because it's so, like, shiny and soft. Your beautiful dog hair. Just like my dog's was, you know. 
We had to bury her in my backyard. And she's like, <laughs> I look like your dead dog. And he's like, oh, my fucking God. And like freaking out. <laughs> he's like, I'm sorry. I'm just super nervous. I just really wanted to talk to you. He then like puts his leg up on a ledge that has just a candle sitting on it. And I'm like, that's not. I've never seen a candle in a bowling alley. On the Thank ground. <laughs> just who? why are you putting candles on the ground? But yeah, it is to set up the fact that his pants uh, catch on fire. Mm-hmm. So he has to swiftly uh, walk to the bathroom and put those flames out. <laughs> so Mike is still looking for Maggie and he sees that Stan has locked some boys in the trophy case with tiaras and scepters to humiliate them. And then he spots Maggie sitting by herself and he sits with her and she asks what he wants because, again, they don't know each other. And he's like, why are you dating Stan? You know he's not a nice guy. He's crazy. And I'm like, yes, he's aggressive and crazy. Not great at uh, emotional regulation. Not at all. And she's like, you don't even know Stan. Besides, we're moving in together after graduation. Stan is on the management track at Home Depot. And we find out that instead of going to Georgetown, she wants to go to Westwood Community College to be close to him because he's her forever. And she like coyly, she's like, he's my forever. And I'm like, no. No. No, No, he's not. And Mike is like, there's no way in hell that's happening. You're not going to throw your life away for some psychopath guy who doesn't care about you. In fact, I forbid you from seeing him anymore. I forbid it. (laughs) And Maggie is like, who do you think you are, my father? And storms off. So we then go back to school. There's another basketball game. We see Scarlett sitting in the stands with her once again unnamed date. Meanwhile, on the court, the Hayden Warriors are down six points. And Coach Murphy tells the team they just have to get the ball to Mark. Okay? And Stan is like, fuck! Because he used to be (laughs) the star of the team. So the game starts back up. Mike, you know, of course, he's killing it out there. He manages to get two baskets which equals four points i was tracking You're the math so good. thank you we're in the last few seconds and the math dictates that we need a three-pointer for them to win yeah. facts so mike has the ball stan is open and waving his arms but you know who else is open alex so he throws the ball to alex literally as the coach is yelling no, no, no. <laughs> I'm like, why? What makes you think that's going to help your player? Right. So he's screaming no, but Alex lands a perfect three-pointer, as he always mm-hmm. does. And the Warriors win the game in the last no. nine seconds. So Nicole then runs up to Alex to, like, hug him, but he gets all nervous because he's super sweaty. And he's like, oh, I'm so I'm sorry. Like, he gives her a little uh, Christian hug. And <sighs> as she's walking away, he's like, I, I liked I liked the dance. So sweet boy. Aye, aye, aye. So Principal Masterson is leaving school. And I'm like, what time is this game at? But <laughs> – She's heading out, and Ned is waiting for her. 
She tries to avoid him, but he is a persistent guy. And he says he just wants to ask her out to dinner, like just as friends. And if it turns into something more, so be it. And she's like, no. But then he's like, I will buy every student a laptop. A laptop. How can you deny the children <laughs> laptops? And she eventually gives in and says, fine, but it's not a date. And if she does this, will you stop the gifts and inappropriate behavior? And he's like, all right, all right. And she's like, we're just going to drive to the restaurant, like not fly there in a spaceship or take some gaudy limo. And she's like, and that is like, let's just take your car, like totally chill. And then has to signal to the limo driver, abort, abort the mission. It's not just a limo. It's a Hummer limo Hummer. too. Ugh. Like a stretch Hummer limo. No offense to anyone who drives a Hummer limo out there, but full offense. Those things are ugly as hell. <laughs> so <laughs> it's giving my super sweet 16. Yeah. So we go to Mike and Alex, and Alex is just kicking himself. He's like, I should have kissed her, but I froze. And Mike sees that Ned is going on his date with Jane, so this is his opportunity to give Alex another chance with his crush and announces to everybody that he is hosting a victory party at his place tonight. We do see, like, Maggie's friends texting about it, and Maggie's friend Lauren is wearing a hot pink fedora, I was going to mention that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I love, I love it's giving the early 2000s fashion. Basically, what we're going to do is dance. Basically, what we're going to do is dance. I'm like, wear your light up sneakers and mm -hmm. high socks. And your three tank tops layered over each other. Sneaker night. So Mike is looking around for Maggie when he finds her crying alone in this like amphitheater. And he sits with her and asks what happened. And she's like, I don't know you. Leave me alone. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> this is going to happen every time they speak. Yeah. Um, but then she reveals that Stan dumped her. Mm. And he's like, what's wrong? What happened? And she says, after the game, he took her behind the quad. And, and, and he's like, no, Maggie, please, please, no. And She's like, no, he broke up with me because I didn't want to do it. Yeah. And Maggie sobs and Mike really like comforts her and tells her that when you're young, everything feels like the end of the world, but it's not. It's just the beginning. You might have to meet a few jerks, but one day you're going to meet a boy who treats you the way you deserve to be treated. Like the sun rises and sets with you. Wow. And I was like... You would interpret that in a romantic way if oh, you're a teenager. Absolutely. Like, you're Maggie, and this new kid shows up, and he's obsessed with talking to you at every possible opportunity. And, like, comforting you and making sure you're okay. Begging you to break up with your boyfriend. And then he says this to you, and he's looking at you the way that Zac Efron is looking at you. There's no other way to interpret this. There's not. And especially because she's like, do you really think so? And he says, I know so. And so, you know, my brain would be like, oh, my God, he knows because it's him. He's the guy he's talking about who's going to treat me like the sun rises and sets with me. Exactly. Yeah. But he's like, I'm just a dad giving my daughter a pep talk. And I'm like, not in that body or not. <laughs> so Maggie 
feels awakened again. And she's like, you are the sweetest and starts nuzzling into his neck. <laughs> and he's like, all right, now back to back to over here. And he's like, anyway, I was looking for you. I'm having a party tonight. And Maggie gets incredibly excited. And she's like, oh, I would love to. Yeah. And she keeps trying to go in for a kiss. And I'm like, you're moving at 100 miles per hour. Mm -hmm. And Mike has to just keep dodging her. Like, okay, gonna go. See you later. See you later. Yeah, it's a big yike. So... We go to the party. Everybody in school has come. It's fully packed, especially worrying because this house is filled with probably like millions of dollars worth of collectibles. But on the upside, Alex seems to be hitting it off with Nicole. They have Mm -hmm. a little cute banter where he's like, oh, yeah, I don't plan on setting myself on fire tonight. She's like, don't worry, I'll have an extinguisher ready. I'm like, cute, cute. We then go over to Jane and Ned on their non-date. They're at this very fancy restaurant. And Ned makes this whole, like, show of tasting his wine where he, like, cups the whole thing to his nose to, like, aggressively sniff it and then, like, slurping it. It's very Uh. off-putting. And Jane just, like, stares at him. And he's like, okay, look, I don't know how to act normal. It's the story of my life. I'm not smooth. I just want to impress you, but I'm not the kind of guy that comes to places like this. You know, I'm a dork who spends $10,000 on Gandalf the Grey's quarterstaff from the Two Towers. And she looks at him and she says, that does make you a dork. Especially because Gandalf the Grey was only in Fellowship. He returns in Two Towers as Gandalf the White. What? Oh my gosh. And then we hear... The Elvish music and Ned and Jane speak to each other in Elvish. It is one. Yeah. Turns out they're both freaks. <laughs> Turns out they're both uh, big Lord of the Rings fans. Yes. To put it kindly. <laughs> so back at the party, Stan is trying to get Maggie back, like very, very heartedly. Oh, yeah. And. He's like, babe, I was just upset. Like, I need you to show me that you love me. And I'm like, who wrote this script? Vom. Who wrote this dumbass script? <laughs> and uh, he's like, I need to, I need you to show me that you love me so we can get a place together. And she tells him to stop because she's with somebody else now. Cue Mike coming up and telling Stan, the party's over for you. <laughs> And he's like, who's going to make me leave? You? And Mike is like, it smells like you've been drinking. So I was going to let the cops do it. And Stan's like, you can have the nun. She doesn't put out anyways. And I'm like, no one talks like this. Mm-mm. But. I mean, I could see like a guy in high school talking like that. I could see it. It's a little exaggerated. It's, it's- it's heavy-handed. I could see it but, like on a lower scale. Yeah. But but the point is they're getting heated. Mm-hmm. Stan's a jerk. Mike is like, I've had enough. And Mike turns around and punches Stan but misses and Stan hits him right in the face. Yeah. Knocked you'd, out cold. You'd think he would have learned by now that Stan is just a better fighter than he Stan's is. Stan's a better fighter. Yeah. Yeah. You, you haven't beat at the wits. But not at the brawn. 
I do think also, like, I have a very hard time seeing why Maggie would date Stan. They don't show any redeeming qualities. No, for him, none whatsoever. So it's I can only suspend my disbelief so much because Maggie doesn't seem like a bad person. Like, yeah, she seems kind of like rude and like, but you know, just kind of like a bit of a sassy teenage girl, right? But I can't see her like being down with cruelty. But I guess maybe it's because she does have such like an absent father. That she's gone for the bad boy. Maybe that's Mm -hmm. the narrative they're trying to push. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the weird thing to me is that she's okay with him being so aggressively horrible to her brother. Yeah. Like physically abusing her brother in her own home and being fine with that is crazy. Also, Scarlet not seeming to have a problem with it. Yeah. But again, they never talk in the movie, so. No, yeah. One thing that we learned um, is that you never once see Scarlet direct a line at Maggie in the whole movie, which is pretty crazy. So Mark has Mike, Mark, whatever you want to call him. He has been knocked out by this punch, but he comes to, he's like, oh my God, like I just had the worst dream you know, I was 17 and I was back in high school and we see that Maggie is like sitting behind him and putting her hands like all over his chest and he's like, mm, Scar, thinking it's his wife. And she's like, Scar, I don't see a scar. And then she's like, you know, now I understand why you didn't want me to be with Stan because you wanted to be with me and Mike jumps the fuck up because he realizes that it's Maggie and obviously like this is so messed up on so many levels (laughs) but Maggie's like oh you want to play games I can play games I'm a hungry lioness and you're a baby gazelle and she tries like chasing him around the room and making animal noises and he's like no 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 I'm not who you think I am you know we can never ever be together like I'm not like the other very much not like the others and she's like oh my god are you confused and he's like I'm very confused I'm I'm so incredibly confused right now and she's like I've never been more confused she's like oh my god I, I get it now like your hair is always perfectly quaffed and you have highlights he's like what she's like i mean your pants are really tight dude and he's like no i'm not i'm not gay i'm just i'm in love i've been in love with the same girl since i was 17 and maggie's like oh um does she go to her does she go to our school like what's her name i, I just want to know her name and he's like no i'm sorry <laughs> but she's like okay well you tell your girlfriend to keep a close eye on you. And then she does a little like growl in his face and then yeah. walks out. Sheesh. And it is so fucked up on so many levels. But thankfully, everybody makes it out unscathed. <laughs> <laughs> so back at the restaurant, Ned and Jane are continuing their date in Elvish. And Jane asks Ned where he learned to speak Elf, and he's like, oh, at the Learning Annex. (laughs) 
and she asks him, my lair or yours? And immediately Ned's like, check. He also gets served like the biggest steak I've ever seen in my life at this dinner. I didn't even notice the steak. Oh my God, it's massive, massive, massive. So we go back to the house. Uh, the party is obviously getting out of control as teens are wont to do. Mm-hmm. Mike is like, wow, I'm fucked. And that's when Scarlett shows up. She's looking for Alex because he hasn't been answering his phone. It's past his curfew. And Mike is like, no, no, don't worry. He's fine. Actually, by the end of the night, he might have a girlfriend. She's like, what? what? He's like, come, come, let me show you. So he leads her upstairs to the balcony. Yes. Meanwhile, Jane and Ned are talking about how he has his hands on the new version of Halo six months before the release. And Ned tells her that he said some things to the Make-A-Wish people that he's not totally proud of. Oh, my God. But she kind of, like, gives him a sly smile. Like, Mm. she respects the initiative, which is insane. Um, And as they continue driving, they see this, like, jeep headed toward them of, like, teens joyriding the opposite way on the road. And Ned is like, I'm going to kill him. Yeah, so they get to the house, and obviously the party is in full swing. Like, literally a dude is walking by naked. We see someone fall down the stairs. Ned tries to stop the party, but nobody listens to him. So Jane puts her principal hat on, and she whistles, and she gets everyone's attention and threatens to give them all three months of detention if they don't leave now. So everybody starts heading out, and Maggie is like, oh, we should go warn mark meanwhile on the balcony scarlet and mark are watching as alex talks to his new gf they're kissing and she tells mark he really cares about alex and he's like yeah i really do and she's like that's great he needs a good male role model Mm -hmm. and mark says that he's a great kid they both are and she's a great mother Down below, Maggie sees her mom on the balcony with Mark, and Scar tells Mark it's been a tough time, and she really feels like he's part of the family. She also has her hand on top of his hand at this moment. No way. Yes, she does. Wow, okay. So she says that to him, and Mike, Mark, Mark Mike is like, Mm -hmm. here's my cue, and he tells her that that's amazing to hear and leans in to kiss her (gasps) and scar pulls him off and slaps him and walks away and as they walk down the stairs he tries to tell her like i'm not mark i'm mike i'm the father of your children and he asks her to let him explain and she calls him a weird little man child (laughs) And Maggie comes up to him and calls him a pervert and slaps him. And then her friend comes up and slaps him. And another one of her friends comes up and slaps him. And lastly, one of her friends comes up and is like, call me, and then slaps him. (laughs) Yeah, those are real slaps. Uh, Zach was like, yeah, I want to look real. Like, just do it. So, yeah, he took took a bit of a beating that day. So as everybody's leaving the party, Ned is taking the stormtrooper helmets off of the wow. teens, telling them to get out. Jane gets to the door and says that this isn't the inconspicuous relationship that she wanted. And surely he can see now why she doesn't date her students' parents. 
So poor Ned finally finds a love connection. He finds a beautiful Gorgina woman who <laughs> shares his affinity for science fiction, but they are pu- pulled apart. Mike goes up and apologizes to Ned and says he had no idea it would get so out of control. And Ned goes, really? And then slaps him in the face. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then he slaps him again. He's like, sorry, that, that one was out of pocket. I'm sorry. And then he slaps him a third time and says, now we're even. <laughs> and we can see that, like, Zach's face is visibly red. So I'm pretty uh. sure that those slaps were real, too. He then asks how he is. Like, are you okay? And Mike says yes. And then he slaps him a fourth time. Yeah, he's getting getting thrown around. Mm -hmm. In the morning, Ned is cleaning his house and he's like, finished with the rug and the entire rest of the house, Mm. just trash garbage. Mike is sulking in the corner and tells Ned that he lost his family. And Ned tells him he really does think he helped his kids. And now the hero can move on. But Mike is like, maybe they don't need me, but I need them. And Ned is like, well, actually, you are due in court in 22 minutes. Yeah. And Mike says he needs more time. And Ned tells him to the Nedmobile. But Mike is like, you're going to need to put some pants on first, bud. Mm -hmm. So he does clothe himself. They drive down the road in one of Ned's very, very fancy sports cars. But, of course, they get stopped by a crossing guard. So Ned tells him to grab um, – he's like, grab that thing on the floor there. It's like a fake police alarm that he bought for $20. He's like, yeah, it saves me, <sighs> saves me on my commute every day. I'm like, that's illegal. But anyways, we're at the court. The judge is reading out the request for divorce and asks if Michael O'Donnell is present. He is not. The judge then asks if she's requesting sole custody and Scarlett says no. And that's when Ned and Mike abruptly barge into the courtroom and Ned yells, you can't handle the truth. Oh, Ned. Yeah. Always coming in with the drama. The judge asks who the heck he is. And Scarlett says, that's my husband's best friend and his son. And (laughs) the judge is like, well, are you a lawyer, best friend? And he's like, yes, actually. And he (laughs) pulls out this like clearly recently printed out crumbly piece of paper he's like it is a little bit smeared because i sat on it in the car not because i recently printed (laughs) it out or anything the judge is like okay let's pretend that's real uh what are you doing here and ned says we are here to stop a gross miscarriage of justice and the judge is like all right let's get him out of here but then mike is like "Wait, wait wait stop 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 i have a letter i have a letter from mike o'donnell the husband in this case The judge doesn't want to hear it, but Scarlett asks if she can hear the letter. So they let Mike walk back into the courtroom, and he starts to read from this piece of paper. And he says, Scarlett, before you go through with this, I want to remind you of September 7th, 1988. It was the first time that I saw you. You were reading Less Than Zero. You were wearing a Guns N' Roses t-shirt. I had never seen anything so perfect. I remember thinking that I had to have you or I'd die. Then you whispered that you loved me at the homecoming dance. And I felt 
so peaceful and safe because I knew no matter what happened from that day on, nothing could ever be that bad because I had you. And then I grew up and I lost my way and I blamed you for my failures. And I know that you think you have to do this today. I don't want you to, but I guess if I love you, I should let you move on. He is so good in this scene. It like breaks my heart every time. Like, yeah, my face looks like Scarlett's face when I'm watching this because it's just like jaw dropped in astonishment because he's so dropped in and so earnest. Right. With it. I think that Zac Efron is really good in romantic scenes Mm -hmm. because it does feel when he's professing his love or his like emotions, his true feelings, it does feel incredibly authentic Mm -hmm. in a way that can easily feel like, okay, you're just trying to create a moment, but he really does get dropped in and like... Mm -hmm reaches some sort of place where he's like this he really feels it and he's like this is like my one chance yeah i have to make you know how much i care about you yeah and nothing in this monologue feels premeditated like it does feel very of the moment he's he is really reliving these memories as he's talking about them the way that like his eyes are welling up with tears and he's like trying Mm -hmm. to hold them back it just like Oh, it's such a beautiful, beautiful scene. So the judge tells him, okay, it's it's time to to leave. So he puts the paper down just like to the side and walks out as Scarlett just stares at him in awe. And she asks the judge if they can postpone this hearing for a little while. The judge postpones for 30 days and Scarlett goes over to pick up the letter and we see that there's not a letter written mm-hmm. on it. It's just the address to the courthouse. And it finally clicks like, oh, my God, he really is Mike. Because how else would yeah. he you know, know all those things, of course? But I can only imagine the spectrum of emotions one would go through with that discovery. Yeah. And like – to the script's credit, I didn't need to have a whole no thing. Like oh my that God. realization yeah. after hearing that from him is enough. It's it's more important that she has the realization of how he feels about her. Right. Like that's what's important in the scene. It doesn't really matter so much. Like, oh my God, it's him. It's like, oh my God, this person who I thought didn't love me, I thought didn't care about me anymore. It turns out that they do. And like maybe there's still something there. Mm-hmm. So that night at Ned's house, Mike is shooting hoops in preparation for the college scouts at the game tomorrow. And Ned tells him to be careful. He can't get off the spirit path. But Mike is like, there is no path. I've just made life worse for them. My wife is happier and everyone is happier without me in the picture. Yeah. We then see Scarlett looking at you know her old yearbook picture of Mike. We also see, like, because it, it pans past uh, her yearbook picture, her maiden name is Porter, actually. Mm. But she puts down the yearbook. She looks out at the finished backyard. We see that there's a fully built hammock. What? With a note on it from Mike, along with his wedding ring. And the note says, 
I wish I could finish all the things I started. Mike. Scarlet looks at the note and at the ring, and Maggie says, Mom, it's time to go. To which she doesn't respond. Because <laughs> she does not speak to her daughter at all. Right, 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 right. So we go to the pregame preparations, and Mike is shooting hoops on the court, and the coach tells him, just like in 1989, save some for the game. And he tells him he's just warming up. And coach is like, there's a scout from Ohio State, and the coach is with him. If he plays half the game he knows he's capable of, then he'll be playing college ball next year. And Mike's like, that's the plan. So they take their team photo, and the pregame show begins. The cheerleaders are dancing yet again, but this time to Fergalicious. Mm-hmm. So many bleach blonde highlights on this oh, cheer yeah. squad. Oh, yeah. Scar and Maggie show up, and Maggie sees Stan and says she can't wait to go to Georgetown next year to start dating college boys. And, and her Scarlet mom says nothing. Not respond. <laughs> She's like, huh? Um, she doesn't even say, huh? But Scarlet <laughs> sees Mike, and Maggie says that she thought Mark was hanging out with Alex to get close to her, not Scarlet. And once again, Scarlet says, not a word, not a damn thing. <laughs> Meanwhile, who else has showed up to the game but Ned? He rushes over to Jane in the stands and he says, listen, I just saw my best friend lose everything that means anything to him. And maybe we'll never be there. But and she cuts him off and says, I'm the principal. I told you I cannot be seen with my students' parents. But Ned says, well, how can you be seen with me when I'm wearing the cloak of invisibility? Because he is wearing a cloak. Mm-hmm. He then asks for a chance to be friends because she's the only one he wants by his side when he is storming the Elvis Cashel of Ganekinish. And she says, you can plunder my dungeon anytime. And he says, I'll bring my longbow. So eh. <laughs> it is back on between these two. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, the game has begun. Mike looks up at Scarlet in the stands and he does the little kiss hoop shoot and she gasps and she's like, I have to go. I can't be here again. Yeah, she's like, I can't be here again. I have to go, which is the closest we get to her addressing her daughter just because Maggie is sitting next to her. Right. Mike is dribbling the ball and he sees Scarlet getting up to leave. He looks at her. He's guarding the ball. There's a flashback of, you know, back in 1989, her standing there, her saying, that's your future. And, you know, him leaving the game for the first time and saying, the baby is my future. Mm-hmm. And he hears the sounds of Ned talking about the transformation magic. And he sees the spirit guide and the coach both in 1989 and in 2009. And he sees the scout and then also the scout from 1989. And what does Mike O'Donnell do? For a second time, he drops that ball. Mm. He hands it off to Alex and says, it's your turn now. Go forth, my son. (laughs) (laughs) 
I literally had chills when he like has the flashbacks and mm-hmm. then he like hands the ball off to Alex and I'm just like, Ugh. it could be so cheesy, but they do it really well. I really like it. I think yeah. it's sincere. It's not cliche if it's heartfelt. Exactly. I think the editors did a really good job with the, you know, building this moment up. I thought it was good. So Mike is fouled for traveling and the coach is like, what are you waiting for, O'Donnell? Get in there. And off he goes. So Mike walks down the hallway to Scar and comes out on the other side as himself back to the older Mike. And again, this is lit with just the light streaming in from that back door. So we see the Mm -hmm. silhouettes and like we can see a silhouette change. But it's clever because we don't have to see like some weird magical like face morph. Yeah. 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 Scar sees that it's him. They say hi. And he's like, I can explain. And she tells him he didn't have to come after her. And Mike says he did. She's the best decision he's ever made. He just forgot. And then he fell off a bridge and things got pretty weird, but he's never going to forget again. And he tells her he knows he's been in a bad mood for the last 20 years, but if she lets him, he wants to spend the rest of their lives making it up to her. He thought he wanted a second chance at life, but really he just wanted a second chance with her. And Scar grabs his face and she's like, it's weird. And he's like, yeah, it's weird. But Scar says she missed him and kisses him. And he spins her around and puts her down. And she's like, that was actually a lot easier before. (laughs) And she's like, is the six pack going to come back? She's like, adults can have those too. (laughs) Yeah. Those are possible at any age. So we go back on the court. The game continues to the beautiful sounds of Naive by the Kooks. <laughs> I know. She knows. I'm not I'm fond not of asking. We see everyone cheering for the team as Scar and Mike leave together. We then get our last little scene of the movie. Mike goes into Ned's room in the morning to give him his key back and say thank you. But who is in this land speeder with Ned? Miss Jane Masterson. What? She pops out from under the covers in a tiara and some elf ears. And he's like, whoa, Principal Masterson, didn't expect to see you there. Uh, I guess I'll be seeing you at work later, boss. And she's like, yes, we're very happy to have you aboard, Coach (laughs) O'Donnell. Whoa. Wow. The job he always should have had because those who can't do. Teach. Teach. (laughs) Those who can't do, say it with me now. (laughs) Teach. (laughs) But yeah, so that was our lovely little Chekhov's retiring coach coming to fruition. Mm -hmm. And Ned then gives... Mike, a little present. He's like, you know, it's just a present for you for first day. Like, don't think about how much it costs. He opens it up. <laughs> it's a whistle. And he just goes, don't blow it. Which I thought was cute. Yeah, I thought that was sweet. Then on his way out, he's like, he's like, play big. And Mike's like, you too. <laughs> so, And then he says, I love you. He says, you. I love you. Yeah, Ned says, I love you. And he goes, love you. So, Aww. look at him. 
emotionally healthy again. Yes, he's maturing. He's evolving. I know. She knows. I'm I'm not not fond of asking. asking. We get to see all of the crew members uh, high school pictures. Yeah, and the cast as well. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Zach Efron's just from a year, a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, for Zach Efron's picture from like Summerland. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that is 17 again. Wow. I didn't expect to love it as much as I did. I guess mm. going into it, we mean we picked it because we were like, this is going to be a good movie. Yeah. But when I was actually watching it, I was like, this is the bomb. It's such a good movie. I. I, like, knew what to expect because I've rewatched this movie, like, many, many times through the years. Like, mm-hmm. it's not one that I haven't revisited in a while. I probably watched it last, like, maybe a year or two ago. Um, but it's really good. And like I've said literally through this whole episode, Zach is great in it. Like, he, mm-hmm. he really gives a really own. good performance. Yeah. And I'm glad that he ended up taking it because initially he wasn't sure if he could pull this off. And... I think it was a great choice. I think it's a really good addition to his repertoire. I think that working with Matthew Perry has done like wonders for his comedic chops. And because I've seen some of his other comedic stuff after this. And like he's genuinely like a very funny guy. Yeah. So yeah, I think he strikes a really lovely balance between like embodying the spirit of Matthew Perry without doing a caricature as well as having these really, really beautiful genuine emotional moments Mm -hmm. yeah i need to know like it feels like someone told zach like oh sweetie you're not like a great like you can't really pull off the dramatic moments or something because he never gets an opportunity to play them Mm -hmm. but um yeah his performance was incredible i also really loved leslie mann's performance i thought she was just so like very heart on her sleeve. Mm-hmm. Um, She's also someone who's so charming and endearing. It's like impossible mm-hmm. not to love Leslie Mann. Like, I don't think I could ever picture her playing like a villainous character. Yeah. Because she's so lovable. Mm-hmm. You know who I always think about when I think of Leslie Mann? I also think of Rose Byrne who can play mm-hmm. a villainous character. Right. And it almost feels like light and dark mm-hmm. um, because Leslie Mann has that just like very bright and cheery, like very kind eyes, mm-hmm. very like soft vocal register. Yeah. Um, and I loved watching them do their scenes together. Like those were my favorite parts, like when mm-hmm. they dance together um, and it just felt like scene wise, like a scene partners, they have great chemistry and we're Definitely. really able to work off of each other. Um, and the timing just generally throughout the performances, like the timing was very sharp and very mm-hmm. crisp, which moved the plot along well and also made it feel like more engaging. Whenever yeah. two characters were talking, it was like there wasn't a dull moment. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's some really fun dialogue and a lot of really fun little like quips and lines in here where things kind of like fall flat for me or things that I mentioned. Like I wish that we had a bit more of an arc to Mike's like journey of self-discovery. It does kind of feel like switching flips every time we go back and forth to 89, 2009, 17 year old, 2009. Mm -hmm. So I wish that they had kind of ironed that out a little bit better in the script. And also so then we could see that, development in mike and scarlet's relationship yeah so those things are a little bit lackluster to me but not in a way that it really you know deters me from enjoying the film still 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that to your point, there was the lack of like dynamics in Mm -hmm. the characters. Yeah, a lot of one note. Right, exactly. And I think that also is because it's not meant to be a very traumatic movie, so they really kept it light. But also I think if they wanted to keep a similar time frame, they probably would have had to cut out Ned's romantic relationship because that did take a lot of time out. And while it is – it's enjoyable to watch because they're funny. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really add much to the main storyline. Yeah, definitely a B plot for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I felt we were really lacking in Maggie's character development. She felt very one note to me, and that's not that's not to that's not a comment on Michelle Trachtenberg's performance, but right. just on the the script itself, like on the dialogue. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I kind of had a hard time like pinning Maggie down. Yeah. And understanding why she would date someone like Stan, just because we didn't get a lot of insight into her as a person. Because when they kept saying, like, you don't know Stan, I'm like, well, I don't know Maggie either. Right. Exactly. And I think that's one of the things when I think about, like, Freaky Friday, mm-hmm. the difference there is that, like, we really get to know more about – um. <laughs> I can't even remember their names right now, but like Jamie Lee Curtis character and Lindsay Lohan's character. And then Chad Michael Murray, we learn like a good deal about him. Like he's kind of like a bad boy, but he's also got a really poetic side. And um, also. He still has a sense of morals and like what's right, what's right and wrong. Oh, absolutely. And And there is a much bigger focus in Freaky Friday just on the characters themselves and how they integrate into each other's lives. Whereas in this movie, it was more focused on the fact that he, it was the internal journey or the time traveling of him going back Mm -hmm. and being like, okay, so if I replay these steps or like if I do what I think I need to do, Mm -hmm. how can I accomplish reconnecting with my family and that was like kind of the focal point and there was the ball was kind of dropped on the characters themselves yeah and I feel like there would have been a good opportunity if we want to like dive a bit more into Maggie and her motivation especially for dating Stan if they wanted to like more so lean on the fact that like the fact that she doesn't have a strong like model with her parents for like what a functioning relationship looks like and that mm-hmm. her dad is a bit, you know, distant and grumpy and absent. And that's why she's gravitated towards a guy who exhibits some of those qualities. Like that's a really easy parallel to draw, but they didn't really go there. Yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, it's not going to really like change your life watching them. No. <laughs> But I did really enjoy it. I thought it was entertaining yeah. and sharp. And mm-hmm. who doesn't like a little Zac Efron yeah. flick? Absolutely. A beautiful little slice of 2009 she mm-hmm. is. But yeah, always always an enjoyable watch. And it gets me emotional every time I do watch it. Like seeing the that scene in health class and that scene in the courtroom where they really mm. let Zach like run with they it. Let him fly. And does he soar? <laughs> but yeah, what's uh what's your rating for this bad boy? I'm thinking like a solid eight. Yeah. It's an eight for me too. Yeah. Yeah. 
If you are in Canada, uh, you can watch it on Netflix. And if you're in the U.S. of A., you can actually watch it on Amazon Prime, but not like you don't have to rent it. It's free if you have Amazon Prime. So beautiful. I will be watching this again. Absolutely. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Let us know what you want to hear now that we are out of our strike era, back to business. Back to business. Before you even think about DMing it to us, do not worry. The Breaking Dawn episode will be coming your way. We just have to figure out some scheduling things. But (laughs) please, please don't don't you worry. (laughs) It is coming. Yes. And don't forget, you can always listen to our Princess Bride episode on Patreon out now. Feel free to check that out. If you want a little more content from us, you can always follow us on Instagram at Movies That Raised Us. You can follow us on TikTok at Movies That Raised Us Pod. You can follow us on Twitter or X at MTRU underscore pod. And you can always send us a good old-fashioned email. If we don't respond in like a week you can you can send us a second email just to be like hey what's up um sometimes that we get lost in the sauce exactly um but we promise we're not ignoring anybody exactly so with that being said i'm mo and i'm christina and our theme song is by garrett schmidt Bye. bye